I'm Aaron Gallo. I'm Marty Hogan. And I'm Eric Berry. And we're from the Starfleet Escape Podcast. And you're listening to another great Four Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out FourEyedRadio.com. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Yeah, hello. Hello. <laughs> so it was just like too rattly, I guess? It was like. <laughs> it was like distorted like that and you could hear us sometimes it would be like oh, that sucks yeah I better unpack and get things going plus I should probably start playing my DS and I was like oh shit God. <laughs> because I can't believe you didn't think about your DS from the last fill up we did right. all the way until Illinois but yeah just it completely skipped my mind and I was just like yeah, okay, so here's all the here's the comic book stuff, and here's the, the vinyl pop figures, blah, blah. DS, DS, where did I put my DS? Oh, <laughs> And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, yeah, 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 it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. It's morphing time! Ha! Today on the Power Hour, Episode 64, Ranger Command at LexCon 2016. Record on March 15th, 2016. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. So I'm a ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. And I'm Zach, also known as the Cinema Slob. This episode is brought to you by Revenge Lover, illustration and designs that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. Hey, Zach. Hey! So, have you recovered from the convention? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was a wonderful convention, wonderful weekend, and Sunday night and most of Monday, I just went into a healing coma and just slept. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally hear that. Well, before we get into the craziness of uh, Lexington Comic and Toy Convention, there's some news from the past couple weeks. First of all, Power Morphicon has added even more guests. Power Morphicon is August 12th through the 14th this year at the Pasadena Convention Center. Center. And they added Audrey Dubois Marciano, who was the original Trini in the pilot episode, Deborah Estelle Phillips from Time Force, Dan Southworth from Time Force, Kevin Duaney from Dino Thunder, and Jeff Perrazzo, also from Dino Thunder, Monica May from SPD, David J. Fielding, Zordon, Walter Jones, Karen Ashley from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Lex Lang, who is the voice actor for Louis Kaboom, Rygog, Largo, Eclipter, and Zen Aku, and then Danny Slavin and Melody Perkins from Lost Galaxy, and Rhett Fisher, the Titanium Ranger from Lightspeed Rescue. You guys can't see it, but... Like, all throughout that list of names, I was doing my happy dance. There are a ton of guests already announced, and we're not even six months out. Yeah, in like five months, yeah. 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 So it's it's going to be crazy. What's also crazy is that the <laughs> Power Rangers movie has begun filming. They started February 29th, and there was a press release uh, via Saban Brands and Lionsgate, which describes Saban Power Rangers follows five ordinary high school kids who must become something extraordinary when they learn that their small town of Angel Grove and the world is on the verge of being obliterated by an alien threat. 
Chosen by destiny, our heroes quickly discover that they are the only ones who can save the planet. But to do so, they will have to overcome their real-life issues and band together as the Power Rangers before it's too late. Sounds awesome. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. There's a lot of pics on the set from filming. I know Nightmare and Ranger Board are doing a good job of keeping track of all of that. Most recently, the school that they're filming at, the face of the school has been transformed uh, into Angel Grove High with like the logo and everything. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. It's I'm, actually happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited. The pictures... They come in every day where it's just like, oh, look, it's Angel Grove High. Woo. And a police car. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> also, speaking of the movie, Entertainment Weekly gave us our first look of the movie cast as the Power Rangers, uh, like in their civilian outfits. Yeah. So it was a really cool official promo shot. Kind of looked like an Abercrombie and Fitch <laughs> ad. But whatever. They were kind of wearing their Ranger colors, but it was a lot more subtle. Yeah than in your face like the show they were definitely more they were still wearing their colors like you said but it was definitely more like earth toned versions of their colors like it wasn't bright obnoxious neon like it was in the 90s yeah so it was a little bit uh less obvious and i think that's a good route for them to go it's not in your face like the tv show yeah it's pretty cool also the ninja steel casting sides have been released uh, this is found by Power Animals on Twitter and purchased by Tucson PR Zealot, also on Twitter. So the casting sides, uh, there's a male and a female casting side for Brad and Sophie. And pretty much it's the same script, just the names are changed. Basically, it's Brad or Sophie. They are a high school uh, mechanic and their mom is very angry that they're choosing to go into being a mechanic instead of applying their math and science abilities. Yeah. It's a pretty unique casting side. Again, pretty much none of the casting sides from the past few years have actually made it into the scene of a show. It's uh, just to give range for the actors. Again, Nightmare, Ranger Board, they're also following the casting process as it continues. And we've already seen quite a few young and fresh faces for Ninja Steel. The thing I, I noticed about the casting sides and sort of this pertains more to the Sophie because of the female characteristic. But um, sure, in Ninja, Kasumi, the pink Ninja, was also mm -hmm. a very scientific like inventor type. So I'm not saying, you know, obviously this is not a 100% for sure, like, this scene will happen, but sure. if they try to bring that character trait over for the Pink Ranger, it would right. kind of make sense. That's actually pretty cool, and um, I mean, I haven't watched much of Ninja, but that's that's really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. Just so neat, may, maybe neat, they will do something. Like yeah, just that. a neat little Easter egg. I thought I was like, oh, that's neat that they would do that. You know, this character is such mm -hmm. such an inventor. Where like in an injured, that character also invented devices and things like that. Oh, cool. So. All right. So now, uh, what this whole episode is about? Uh, we are covering uh, the Lexington comic and toy convention for 2016 and much like what we did last year we're going to just talk about our experience and then we'll actually move into panel coverage so the panels that we have are all from saturday this past saturday uh, we have the vr troopers q a with michael hollander 
We have the Jason David Frank Q&A, which became kind of like a Mighty Morphin panel because he brought along Johnny Young Bosch, and then Jason Narvey and Paul Schreier and Catherine Sutherland crashed the panel about 15 minutes in. <laughs> so I, I'm glad for that. So it wasn't just all JDF-focused, which which was a nice JDF touch. JDF watch live. <laughs> And then the next panel, so Johnny Young Bosch stayed in the room for his own Q&A session. And then the Power Rangers Time Force panel, which uh, Zach also watched with me, which was awesome. And then finally, we got the Rita Repulsa Q&A with Barbara Goodson and Carla Perez. Some great coverage. You guys will be hearing not the full panels, but... We're, we're going to trim as much of the fat off as possible, so you're going to get the best of these panels. First, Zach, how about you go through your experience, because this is your first Lexington Comic-Con. Yeah, this this was my first Lexicon. I've always heard about it, and I've heard about it from you for a couple of years now, and I've heard about it from other friends who have gone in the past. And I really liked it. The location is great. The environment is great. This year, again, being, being my first year, I was sort of like, <laughs> you know, the new kid in town. It's like, oh, ooh, there's, there's, what's this over here? And, and how do I get there? And so you kind of led me along like a Sherpa. And I was like, oh, I'll just follow you, Eric. You know what you're doing. The layout was really cool. I liked having a, a split level of like, you have a, one major dealer hall and then you have like another slightly smaller dealer hall upstairs that helps to sort of alleviate some of the traffic Mm -hmm. um but that being said this year there was a lot of traffic on saturday oh yeah it was insanely busy so much so that on saturday when i came back from lunch i was like i'll go roam the show floor for a little while and i turned the corner and saw that it was at a standstill you couldn't even get inside the dealer hall and i was like uh, maybe not. Maybe I'll go up to my room for a little relax. <laughs> but as far as like how the convention was run, it was fantastic. Everyone on staff and all the, the volunteers were making sure that this line here for this panel is in a good straight line. There's yeah. no bunching up. There's no blocking of walkways. So I think kudos to everyone on staff for that, managing to wrangle that many people. They did a good job of clearing out the panel rooms, recording the panels. There's already a few up on their YouTube channel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the staff organization was amazing when we got our badges. I mean, we were press, but it wasn't a hassle. We were just in and out. Yeah. It was great. Cause we got early access to the show floor and the exhibit hall, which was nice. Cause we were able to kind of comb the, the dealer hall a bit and kind of see what was going on. Yeah. So that was really nice. Friday night is VIPs only, and the rest of the weekend, VIPs get an hour earlier access to the convention. Of course, not everyone can become press or whatever, so I highly urge people that are going or thinking about going as an attendee to really pay for the VIP package. Yeah. Because just having that early Friday night access just exclusively for VIPs, it's really going to help you get all the autographs you need out of the way. It's going to help you get any major purchases that might be rare, something rare that you see at a booth that might not be there come Sunday. Yeah. So if you're a regular attendee, I would definitely spring for the VIP. But not only that, but I mean, you get cool perks too. Like the, the VIPs got like t-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah. They got their own goodie bag. There was a VIP party that they had on Saturday night. Yeah. So 
So yeah, there's a lot of cool perks for yeah, that. Yeah, as press, we got to also go into the show early, but we didn't get any fun goodies. We had to pay for everything like yeah. schmucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably only went to the Time Force panel, right? That was your only yeah, panel? Yeah, that was the only panel I had. Okay. But I'm kind but, of regretting uh, that now after after meeting some of the folks we met. Maybe tell us a little bit about your panel experience. Um, just... So yeah, so like like I said, the only panel I went to was Time Force, but it was it was okay, so it was in the Regency Ballroom, mm-hmm. which is the biggest, I think, panel room that they have. And the line for the panel beforehand, which was Karen Gillan, who obviously commands a big audience because she was in Doctor Who, she was in Guardians of the Galaxy, she's a very, you know, she's an A-list actor, she's up there. The line for that was so long that it stretched from the lobby of the hotel all the way out to the top floor of the Rep Center. Like, it was insane. Oh, and for maybe anyone who that hasn't gone to the convention center, the Hyatt Regency Lexington and the Rep Center are connected. Yeah. Can- they are connected. So the lobby of the hotel leads directly into the main floor of the ROP Center, yeah. which is the convention center for the hotel. That's crazy that the line was that long. It was it was pretty nuts. And so like I was like, okay, well this is good. I'll just I'll sit at this they had a set of uh glass top tables kind of by the entrance to the to the ballroom. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll sit here and I'll wait and I'll let the line go through and then when they cut it off and they start the lineup for the Time Force panel, I'll be ready. About eight people showed up and started a line and I was like, Oh, are they starting already the line for the Time Force panel? Whoopsie, I better get in line. Yeah, we we get in. I managed to of course save a spot for you. And yep. it was a great panel. It really was. The whole cast was great. You can really get the whole sense of like family and friendship that they have and how it carried over from working together into their personal lives, which you'll get to hear a lot of that in the, uh, in the audio from the panel. Absolutely. I thought it was the best panel of the weekend, quite frankly. (laughs) Also, who did you meet? Actor wise. So I met a ton of people. Holy crap. Okay. Well, as always, ran into our old friends, uh, Steve Cardenas, Paulie Schreier, Mm -hmm. Jason Narvey, Johnny and Bosch, people that I have seen at these shows. I was surprised how instantly Steve Cardenas recognized you on Sunday as we were heading out. Yeah, we... I was like, oh, holy cow. <laughs> I'm trying, there, was a, there was a con I went to where I saw him a lot. So, like, that's where he... Maybe it was more of a con last year uh, or two years ago. God. What, what about Wizard World C2E2? He was at one of those. <sighs> Might have been, like, one of those. But there's like, I, I guess I'm just one of those faces that he recognizes. Oh, wow. But, but yeah, it was it was good to talk to him and catch up and stuff like that. That's that's half the fun of going to these things is, is catching up with oh, some yeah. of these guys. So, yeah, I met all them uh, and caught up and said, hey. And then... Mike Hollander. Let's, yeah, let's talk Mike Hollander. I met Mike Hollander for the first time and you met Mike Hollander for the first time even though it was our first time really meeting him it seemed like he was an old friend it was just great to meet him because I saw him at the VR Troopers Q&A which was the first (laughs) panel I went to and I was in the front row Saturday was the day we were both wearing our uh, Ranger Command shirts. It's actually kind of funny because I think he confused you for me. Yeah, so (laughs) so you're off covering, I think you were covering the Rita panel at the time, or no, I think it was the Johnny Bosch panel. Yeah, because I was covering panels from like noon to six on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday your whole day was panels, my whole day was kind of like schmoozing and, and meeting people. And um, so I walked up to his table and there was a person in front of me getting a picture or whatever. So I was like, that's fine. I can, I can wait. So after they left, I was just like, hey, man, nice to meet you. My name is Zach. And he's like, you were at my panel this morning. And I'm like, uh, no, that was my co-host. 
And he's like, co-host? Oh, okay. And then we talked about, you know, the, the show and everything. And, and yeah. um, of course, we, we're going to have to get him on because he is very excited. Like, his excitability about not only being at the convention, but about the fandom as well, it's infectious. Like, you're excited yeah. because he's excited. Oh, absolutely. And this was his first time being a guest yeah, at a convention. Yeah. We got to go up to his table again later that evening on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I was able to get my autograph from him. Really cool promo shot of him as J.B. Reese next to the actual suit. Very cool picture. Yeah, And yeah, we just started talking and struck up a conversation with him, and he is a super cool dude. We saw him again as we were leaving on Sunday. Uh, we were heading out, and he was heading in. He was impressed with your Shinosuke costume, and <laughs> like he liked the writer belt. He's like, "Whoa, what's what's yeah, up with this?" Yeah, he was this? he was very because he saw me in the suit at first, and I guess you know a suit from any distance is kind of you know look at that person in a suit. But yeah. then you have this gigantic plastic toy around your waist, and it, it commands <laughs> a little extra attention. He was like, "Oh, what's that? Is that like a Power Rangers thing?" Because he he doesn't really know Common Rider, and that's right. to be expected. And I was like, "Oh no, it's it's this thing. It's it's kind of like Power Rangers, but it's different." And I'm like, "We showed, we demoed the toy and stuff, and he got a kick out of it. Really, really nice guy. Really genuine, down to earth. I think the biggest thing that we learned that really threw us for a loop was that he's an animator at Telltale Games. Yeah, which is crazy to me because I played all those games, yeah, like, and he, those- yeah, he worked on Game of Thrones, Walking Dead." Uh, Wolf Among Us for uh, one of the fight scenes yeah. and a, actually a very memorable fight scene that, that I remember yeah, yeah. from the game. It was one of the ones that really stood out. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to get his perspective on, and you'll hear it during the panel, but on actual virtual reality <laughs> and he's a VR trooper. So it's, it's kind of funny and you'll hear that in the panel yeah, for absolutely. sure. Yeah, um, getting to meet him was probably the highlight of my weekend. And then you ran into Henry Winkler. Yeah, that's crazy. So I'm leaving the show floor on Sunday evening. You know, you're down south, so everybody's hospitality just kind of rubs off on you. You find everybody holding doors for everyone, which is not something you get anywhere else, I don't think. And so I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll hold the door for the person behind me. Well, the person behind me happened to be Henry freaking Winkler. So (laughs) that was insane. Because you and I had watched a couple of episodes of Children's Hospital the night before. Yeah, And so it was just like, and here's Henry Winkler. So, uh, uh, hi, Mr. Winkler. How are you? How's your weekend going? Oh, good. How, how about you? Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. And I said, uh, you know, my, my friend and I caught a couple of episodes of Children's Hospital last night. And God, it, it made us laugh until we were hurting. And, and he said, oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I said, it's going to be a great job to do something like that where you just get to be a big goof and do these funny scenes and things like that. And he said, oh, yes, it's a wonderful show. And with that, we kind of parted ways, and he was a really sweet man. And, and yeah, so I ran into Henry Winkler. <laughs> the Fonz. The, the I mean, Fonz, crazy. yeah. Prior to that, of course, I had uh, gone to Greg Grunberg's table and, and gotten to meet him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and I nerded out over Star Wars because, holy crap, Star Wars. You know, I walked up to him and I said, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I said, you know, I really want to just wish you congratulations on all your success. And he's, well, thank you, man. Thank you. And I said, so Star Wars, right? He's like, isn't that mind-blowing? I said, I know if I was in Star Wars, my mind would be blown pretty much every day. And he said, he's like, yeah, you know, JJ just told me. He's like, hey, man, just relax. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's it's funny to hear, you know, here's here's his friend, JJ Abrams, who is also directing Star Wars. And just, you know, hey, come be in Star Wars, Greg. And just, you know, <laughs> it was really fun to talk to him about that, for sure. That's awesome. 
Let's get into some purchases, your, your oh, hauls. So what, what did you end up getting? So, so for me, it was kind of a minimal expenditure. Right. I did come home with money, which is nice. But uh, yeah, I, I bought some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so from one of the booths upstairs, who is, he's a listener, I believe, correct? He's a listener. Okay, he's yeah. a listener. Um, Cordell, whose last name I'm blanking on, sorry. Apologies to Cordell. But hey, you've got a really memorable first name, so there you go. I purchased a couple of the Fallout Funko Pops to add to my Fallout collection. So that was really cool. I also got one of the MMPR slash Z-Ranger bandanas from J.C. Alcantara at the Henshin Vault. Yes. I'll plug there. Joseph Collins, who was working the booth. Good to meet him. And for me, I bought the rest of those bandanas to finish off my collection. Yeah. I got, I already had red and green, so I got all the other ones. I bought quite a bit of uh, variant covers from our friend of the show and, and just our friend, Jordan, also known as Denno. Yeah, you know what? He uh, made me part with like 50 bucks before I even got to the show. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the sign of a true salesman right there. yeah so i got a few variants from him and i picked up the variants that he owed me that i bought off him a week or two earlier i also picked up the last mmpr loyal subjects that i wanted just to have the core six team uh which was the green ranger i also got the lexington exclusive coin it's the dragon coin uh, which was a henshin vault coin and it has the Lexington logo on the back. It's similar to what they did last year. They did the exact same thing, but with the Tyranno coin. So it was pretty cool to get those. And then, yeah, I got Johnny and Bosch's autograph to complete my Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie press kit. So I have uh, everyone in the movie sign those. I got Mike Hollander's autograph, and I also got Carla Perez's autograph. And it was also her first convention. But yeah, I mean, I ended up spending probably way more than I wanted to, but (laughs) especially since I have a convention coming up this weekend. And I also found like a big, um, the big Omega Max Megazord from SPD. Yeah, the the combo of the two. It's the the SPD Delta Megazord. Isn't it like the Omega Delta Megazord or something like that? Whatever. (laughs) Whatever it is. But yeah, it's like a two foot hollow plastic and the arms move and the head moves and it's got a big handle in the back to move it around and i got that for like 15 bucks which was awesome so it's it's going to be a great display piece got a lot at the convention it's pretty crazy how fast the money can go there but oh yeah uh, (laughs) that's that's, like i said that's why i'm surprised i came home with any money left (laughs) because it was like i want to buy all the things but i i managed to restrain myself which was (laughs) which was pretty amazing i guess i'm gonna have to save most of my autograph buying at PMC. I didn't take any pictures with any of the guests because the prices for getting a picture with them with your own camera, to me, I think it's starting to get out of hand a bit. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. Like, I can remember a time where, oh, you want to take a picture with your own camera? Yeah, sure. Come on up. Like, it was gratis. There was no freaking charge. But in the world we live in nowadays, like, not only does the convention have to make the money, but these are working actors who need to make the money, too. So, before we get into our actual panel coverage... Was there anything else that you wanted to say, any favorite moments or kind of parting words about uh, Lexington? Um, Gosh, I think some of my favorite moments really were just like 
walking around, seeing the people, hanging out with people. I met a couple of new friends this weekend that were really cool and just to hang out and, hey, gave us free alcohol. Why not? That's always a good sign of friendship. <laughs> Shout out to Torrance and Vincent for that. I think the best part of the day was the end of the day where you and I are just up in the hotel room and chowing down on some of the best pizza we've had in a while. <laughs> watching Adult Swim and just geeking out about our days. Yeah, and I think that's the best thing about these conventions. It's getting to see your friends and meet people that you normally don't have a chance to interact with face-to-face all the time. It was great. I mean, I was up until 4.30 in the morning on Sunday. (laughs) I was talking with uh, Torrance and Vincent and Brandon and his wife. It was just a great time. I love the South. I mean, I'm, I'm from the South, so I just love the hospitality that mostly everyone has. And it was just a very good time. Yeah, LexCon is definitely one of those cons that, like, if you've ever debated going, you should go because you will enjoy yourself. There are a ton of great things to do and to see. And plus, you know, getting to meet your friends is always a fantastic time. Yeah, and just bring lots of money. Yep, bring, <laughs> bring lots of money and at some point get your to a Waffle House. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that breakfast was so good on Sunday. <laughs> All right, so, guys, we're, we're going to get going. Uh, so, Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at rangercommandph and on Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour. Or you can check us out at rangercommand.com and get all those links in one go. Enjoy our panel coverage, and we'll talk to you later. First up is the VR Troopers Q&A with special guest Mike Hollander, also known as J.B. Reese on VR Troopers. This is the VR Troopers panel, or as I like to call it, the J.B. Reese experience. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Here we are, all right! Introduce yourself, my good sir. Hi, guys. I'm J.B. Reese. Michael Hollander as J.B. Reese. Yeah! <laughs> Formerly Michael Bacon. What's the story behind that? Um, I just didn't like Bacon. I wonder if my grandmother's name, and I'm really close to my grandmother. So. so I'm just going to ask a few questions to get it started, then we'll just throw it out to everybody. Be really chill. So again, it's the first question, easiest question. Uh, what got you into acting? That was kind of a fluke. I never wanted to be an actor, per se. I was teaching a martial arts class. I was actually, uh, I think I owned the school at that point, and I was running martial arts classes. My mom talked me into doing uh, modeling back when I was skinny and better looking. So I went out to uh, did a competition in Hollywood for modeling and acting. It was a big IMTA modeling acting competition, and uh, a bunch of agents wanted me to go out there and uh, become a model. And when I got out there, I was all excited, and nothing. I didn't get any work. I got a few little things here and there, but wasn't big. But they told me I should do acting. And that's how I got into acting. So, yeah. Second, how'd you get the role on the other Uh, <laughs> that was also an interesting story. Uh-oh. So, backing up a little bit. So, I one of my first modeling gigs was for a Head and Shoulders commercial. It was being shot in Mexico. And anyway, I was happy to get it. A few months after the commercial came out, Tony Braxton saw that and hired me for a music video. And then while I was on the music video shoot with Tony Braxton, they called me for VR Troopers. And they said, come on down, we want you to audition for it. And I'm like, I, and my manager at the time said, 
he can't. He's in Miami shooting a Tony Braxton video. <laughs> so they waited for me until I could do the audition. Again, <laughs> it was a crazy audition. They had, the, they, had, they had a little tiny room, just a space like this. And the guy walked in and said, all right, I want you to do a martial arts, gymnastics, and dance routine. Oh, and then we'll do an acting thing right afterwards. So just whip something up real quick. <laughs> and I'll be right back. It'll give you like five minutes to come up with something. I'm like, <laughs> 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 who has a martial arts gymnastics dance routine, you know, like, <laughs> so I came up with something, and they, he walked in, and he liked it, and then I had a couple more auditions, and I got it. Do you remember what the uh, acting part of it was like? Do you remember what any of the sides were? Or? Yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, so, they originally told me, Right then and there, they wanted uh, another guy like Walter on Power Rangers, <laughs> but they wanted him like more street, and you know they wanted this, you know, the black character for the Archer. <laughs> and so it was written like, yo, yo, what's up, man? You know, it was like, so I was supposed to be this like street hip black cool dude that knows computers, and that was how it was written. So I tried to do it as here. I don't talk that way, but. <laughs> Yeah, I pulled it off and I got it, and after I think a few readings, like table readings, you know, they always like sit around and they read, I think they rewrote my character to just talk normal and not the, <laughs> all the hip-hop talk. When I was talking to you earlier, you mentioned to ask about the stabbing incident. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to ask about the stabbing incident. So I didn't get stabbed. So I was down in Venice Beach in California, and I was during the show. No, this was like on a weekend or something. So yeah, I was just hanging out, and this little kid, he's about six years old, kept rollerblading around me. Him and his brother recognized me, and so he was like going around me like this, skating all around me, and he kept poking me. I'm like, what are you doing? And I was like watching the basketball game, and was like jabbing me, and like, why do you keep poking me? He looks up at me and he's like, what would happen if I cut you? <laughs> but he wasn't asking like he wanted to cut me. He was asking me what would happen. I, I go, can I bleed? <laughs> and he was like, I thought you were a machine. He actually thought I was the robot VR trooper character underneath the skin. <laughs> he was testing to see if I was like metal underneath. <laughs> That was the stabbing incident. <laughs> <laughs> I trust his dreams. Santa's not real. <laughs> what kind of warning did you get when the show was canceled? I never had that question. The warning they gave us or the warning we gave to the public? Uh, the warning that they gave you. Oh, did you hear about this? Uh, I've heard like horror you... stories from other actors from your show and Big Bad Beetleborgs. Yeah. I think it was the last episode we all wrapped, and then the producers came in and said, we're canceled. It was as simple as that. Oh. It was, I don't remember his words exactly, he tried to fluff it a little bit, it was great, you know, said goodbye, and, and every, everybody I think heard it for the first time. And it was just, Because oh. we were all, they were talking about a third season, but they right. hadn't confirmed it yet. And so we're waiting here, waiting right. here, and so this was the news. No third season, in fact, we're canceling, so. What was bad about that, it's almost like, even in a regular job, you get two weeks notice, right? Right. Now, we didn't get that. <laughs> so, now we're like, 
stranded looking for work, you know, without any notice. Did they tell you anything about what that third season might include? Did they give you any hints or no? We were asking that ourselves. We didn't know because we knew they had to change Brad's red and blue character to an all blue from another. You guys know about the yeah. yeah. You know the Japanese. <laughs> so they had to change they had to change the show because I guess they ran out of that footage. Yeah. So we were wondering, do we have enough footage of the blue character and you know keep making more? And like some of you mentioned when you came up to me, it's, I can't remember who said this, but a few people have said, "Yeah, I heard you guys got canceled because you ran out of footage." I don't think that's the reason. It's not. What did, what did you hear? Okay, I actually talked to Robert. He was one of the producers from the oh, show. Right, right, right. Yeah, and he had said that um, it was just about toy sales. Because um, they had worked with a different company than what Power Rangers had. Right. And they, they said they would have just kept going back and adapting older of the Metal Hero shows. Right. So I don't know how that would have worked, but. So toy sales, go buy your toys. Well, too late now. <laughs> I can't get the toys. You mentioned it was a Japanese show. Have you had any international people from Japan, like uh, people from Power Rangers, see the, the American version of Sentai with your show? That's an absolute great question. I would have loved to. First of all, I have this fascination with Japanese culture. I've always wanted to go to Japan. I, I planned on going, I'm still going. I have a friend that speaks Japanese and we're in one another. And I would love to hear, I'd love to, first of all, to meet the cast that did the original show. And um, we did have, there's this footage that we added into the show. Because you know, we have Japanese footage and then our footage. And they said, you know what, that's not enough. We need some extra. Is it the battle grid footage? Battle grid. That's yeah. what it was called. So they brought these guys from Japan, the, the, the stunt guys, over to America, to LA, and filmed the battle grid sequences. And I wanted to talk to them, but they only spoke Japanese. So that was as close as I got to meeting people from Japan that worked on that show. But I also would have wanted to speak to the fans that, you know, what did they think of that show back then? And what did they think of the remake, the American remake now? the old Godzilla movies? Yes. They run them here in America and they just dub it. Yeah. Why don't they just do that with the, the characters? Or just, instead of spending money on, you know. I think the reason that they gave was that they just wanted a more multicultural cast. They wanted to appeal to Americans more. Right. And they would just, they would save money by just taking some Japanese footage, yeah. splicing it in, then putting their own American plot lines. That's my brief moment in the spotlight, my, my one contribution, the, the diversity. The diversity. <laughs> Any funny stories that happen on set, like any pranks that don't hold between each other? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys seen the um, spoof reel that's out there? Yeah. yeah. I won't talk about how I got out there. But, yeah, <laughs> we had, and that was just a sample. There was a lot of, like, that's why I wish Brad was here. Because Brad was really the prankster and goof off and, and yeah, we just, Anything just like he pulled on you? Nothing that stands out because he did it all the time. So basically, what he would do when it was my scene, and you know, when we were talking to each other, one person stands behind the camera to read each other the lines. So he would always just make these stupid faces. And he would imitate Jim Carrey a lot. Oh, like, no. He would do these like goofy, like acting faces and things behind the camera, and he would always try to make me bust out laughing while I was filming. That was his big thing. Because nobody took the show serious, so we were always like joking around, and I think that made the producers mad sometimes. But was there ever like some awkward moments where the, the dog had maybe had an accident on the set? 
No, but the problem with the dog was he was so old we couldn't get him to do stuff. <laughs> 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 he was such a sweet dog, but yeah, he died right after the show. I mean, he barely hung on. So yeah, the dog was he just liked to lay there and eat. That's, that's it. You went back and rewatched all the shows yeah. in preparation for this. What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> difficult. Oh, it was difficult to watch. Uh, Why is that? I don't know, do you guys ever like record yourself and yes. hear your own voice and it sounds weird, right? And it's like, oh, is that what I sound like? I watch the show and I go, is that what I look like? <laughs> is that what I sound like? Mostly I hated my voice. That, that's the, I still do. I, that, that was the hardest part to watch. Um, and the acting was pretty bad, so I didn't realize that. <laughs> It sparked a lot of nostalgia and stuff that I'd forgotten. So it was fun to watch because I remember some of the funny moments in that scene or some of the silliness that was going on around it. We finally, after a few takes, got serious enough to get like a good take that could be filmed. But yeah, it was a lot of fun and joking around. Except for the fights. The fight scenes. So all the joy and fun we had went away when it came down to doing the fights. Because fight coordinator that was coming up with all the choreography and he wanted to do really silly, goofy fight choreography. And I had martial arts school before then, I taught martial arts for 10, 15 years by that time, about 10 years. And uh, so I had all kinds of ideas that I wanted to do and he didn't want to hear any of it. Once in a while he let me do stuff, but. So when you say goofy and silly, like was it just sort of like fall down, press fall kind of thing or? Yeah, well the, the Instead of like doing a cool kick, you know, and had some style to it, you wanted to do something like, all right, take your foot and, and kick their knee and make them spin around and, and push them in their butt and, you know, just not really cool, dangerous, superhero action kind of fight. You know, you wanted to, like, I, I think I told you the story about, like, I had to come in with a pizza box and one of the scubs were running away. I had to throw the pizza box but keep the pizza box in my hand while the pizza flew out the side of the box. <laughs> and then they had it spinning around on a dolly thing and it was chasing, zigzagging down the alleyway until it hit the scug and that was our choreography for that day. That was like so out right there. <laughs> Just so disappointed choreography. <laughs> so I wish I could have done more. There was a lot more flashy stuff that I wanted to do. And we could never kick to the head. I don't know, Power Rangers could. They, they did that and they learned from that experience that they were getting a lot of blowback about the violence, you know, how it was affecting kids. So they tried to tone our show down by saying, all right, no hits to the head. No punches, no kicks, nothing to the head. So that's why all our kicks were all like low into the body or way over the head. Or grapple. Every time we said, why, this doesn't make sense. And the, the director or the producer would just walk up to us, hey, the dog talks, the car flies. Right. <laughs> you guys were syndicated. Was there any different rules? Like, were you guys were able to get away with stuff that Packers couldn't and vice versa? No, because I think that happened afterwards. So to clarify what you asked was part of the failure, I think, to be our troopers. I mean, we were, we were successful when it was on, but as far as marketing and why we didn't sell more toys, this is just my personal theory. Because we were syndicated, meaning we were sold separately in each city, so it wasn't always on the same channel in every city. So they couldn't have like the network of Fox run a national commercial for our show. So we never had any advertising, no commercials. If they wanted to run a commercial, 
it would be up to that city to, to do an ad for it. So I didn't think we had the exposure, even though we did really high in the ratings. In fact, we beat Power Rangers in some of the ratings. So it was successful, but it was just wasn't marketed right. And we were a toy maker, that might have had something to do with it. So. How did you feel when you realized how much of a like, huge fan base that you know, we're still at to this day, people our age, and also introducing to like future generations? Yeah, this whole thing is surreal. This is freaky, weird, like Twilight Zone weird. I long forgotten the show. I didn't have the DVDs. I didn't, you know, I, it was like uh, somebody a long time ago that I used to know did this thing back in LA. And a couple of guys, including Chavis here, called me and got a hold of me. And part of that was because I changed my last name. So. I was clearly out of my mind. Most people, you know, I work in video games now. Most people at work don't know that I did it. Some people do, but most, nobody knows. I walk, you know, I go to work nine to five every day and nobody knows and suddenly I get a call. Hey, 20 years ago you did a TV show. Those fans are now grown up and they want to see you and I'm like, really? Really? They remember the show? All right. Sure, let me ask if I can get some time off to hang out. And this is not only double amazing for me because of this, but I've never been to a Comic-Con. I'm a huge fan of like all these like superhero movies and comics. And you know, I, I had my shows when I was a kid that was like, I had my heroes and that was, who are your heroes? Kurt Steve Austin. Yes! Six million dollar man. He was one of my first. Then I got into Star Wars and then I got into Battlestar Galactica, there was an old TV show, I think I was talking to you guys about a UFO, uh, Space 1999 was a big one for me. So I was a lot, a lot, really it's a lot of the sci-fi shows or anything to do with robots, which is so ironic that I got to be a robot. What inspired you to get into uh, animation and that kind of stuff? Again, another fluke fell into it. So I was an out-of-work actor, <laughs> trying to find my way in life. What am I going to be when I grow up? Well, I taught martial arts after the show got canceled, so I did that for, oh, and I, I taught for the guy who did, um, he was Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat. So he owned a karate school. Not, not the first Mortal Kombat, the second one, where he had his mask on. But he was also a reptile in the first one. So he owned a school, and I taught for him for five years. Did some real estate, too, a little while. That was interesting. And so then I figured, all right, I'm going to do something with computers. My mom did some computer-aided design stuff, so I wanted to do something like that. And uh, so I got a job in an electrical engineering company, and someone did 3D animation at home and brought it to work. I said, how did you do that? I want to learn how to do that. And then we ended up going to school together, and I studied it for like five or six years, animation, and finally got a job. And interned at Pixar, and worked at like Sony, and Rhythm and Hughes, and Real Effects, and now I'm at Telltale Games working on, I'm going to be working on Batman, but we're working on Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us, I don't know if you heard of that one. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones, worked on a lot of the, most of the fight scenes in Game of Thrones video game I did. What do you think of the current virtual reality craze movement? Do you think it'll actually get anywhere this time around? It's going to, yeah, it's, does anybody know what it's called? I just had Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift, right? I've been looking at a little, somebody brought it in to our work. I didn't get to experience it, but they had like a little setup and people got to try it out. 
So I think that's going to be a big thing, but they also said that in the 90s. They said, oh, virtual reality is going to be the next big thing, and it didn't. I think it might be this time, because there's a few things going on. There's They're really experimenting with how you interact with, with like, I, I, I probably shouldn't explain what the technology is, because I don't know anything about it other than what I've seen on, on the internet. So, But I think it's going to depend on the content. That's where I'm more familiar with, because they've been looking for animators to create the, the 3D animation for the content of that. So it's, it really is going to depend on that. Because right now it doesn't look that great. I'm going to name some people from the show. I want to hear your memories or impressions or whatever else. Alright, All right, so you talked a little bit about Brad Hawkins, but you can go into a little more detail if you'd like. Just what it was like working with him, what he was like with the guy. Anyway, Brad is just the coolest guy. He should have been here. He's so fun. He's so fun to hang out with. Even Offset, we used to hang out and He's just a funny guy, he's really down to earth and genuine. And for someone who's as talented he is, and a lot of people don't know what a great singing voice he has. He's an awesome singer, great actor, and a lot of people don't know that he was gonna try to be a pro football player, so he was athletic. A lot of the martial arts he did on the show, I think he only did like a year of Taekwondo as a kid. So he didn't have a lot of martial arts experience, but he picked it up like that on the show. Like anything, he learned gymnastics on the show too. It's just amazing at picking up all the stuff. And he was humble, and he was a nice guy down there. Really great guy. Well, thank you, Alan. Sarah. Sarah was interesting. She was really sweet, but I think she was so focused on her acting that it was hard to connect with her. Like you know, being really social with her, she was just really into it. Like. Like we were, uh, we were talking about goofing off like between takes. She was sitting there memorizing her lines, doing breathing exercises, like running in place and really focusing on getting into the character and getting into the scene. And so we were joking around and sometimes we'd tease her because she was doing that. Because nobody was taking it serious, not even the, the crew. And some people were like the directors were. They obviously were doing the job well. But, but the rest of us were like, the kids show. Nobody's gonna watch this, and so. And, but Sarah took it seriously, so yeah. Sarah loved her craft and Ashley's face. Is there any possibility that maybe you and Brad convince Sarah Brown to come to Popcorn? Yeah. We tried to get all three of us out, and me and Brad are down. We're gonna try to do more. I know Brad's gonna do more. Uh, I'll do as many as I get invited to. But Sarah, I just saw her a few months ago, and I don't think she's going to do it. And she didn't really say why. Actually, I heard that she may be getting out of the whole acting thing. I think she just wants to move away somewhere and just get away from the whole thing. Uh, I think some of us in here have probably seen you in a music video. Oh, dear. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that I did a Tony Braxton video. Oh. And some people say they recognize me from that, but not VR Troopers. A lot of people that I've talked to, like when I see in the streets or at work, they remember the music video. They didn't know about the show. I guess that played a lot, and so that was kind of a, that was my first real big thing. So that was a funny story. So it was about two o'clock in the morning, and I got a call from my manager, and my manager said, all right, you just got booked for a music video. Tony Braxton saw you in that Head & Shoulders commercial. She wants you to come down to Beverly Hills in the Four Seasons to confirm that it's you. Go and meet her right now. She's, and this is two in the morning. She wants to see you right now. You can fly out in the morning, 
and do a music video in Miami to shoot with Tony Braxton. And the first thing I said was, Tony Braxton, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who Tony Braxton was. Yeah, I drove out there, and she came out with her like bodyguards or entourage, and <laughs> so I'm sitting there waiting in the lobby. She comes walking up, and probably about as far as you and I are, she goes, yep, that's him. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I mean, she was friendlier than that. She was like, yeah, I'll see you in the morning. I can't even remember if we shook hands or not. It was a real brief. It was like, yeah, that's all I remember. <laughs> and then the next day, what? What was the name of the song? Uh, you Mean the World to Me? Don't make me sing it. No. <laughs> it took two days to shoot. It was in a big mansion in Miami. It was a fun shoot, but unfortunately she was sick the whole time. So I thought she was being kind of a snob. She was friendly when we were shooting, but then she would just go off and into her dressing room right after the shoot, so we wouldn't hang out and chit-chat. So I thought she was just like diva, just didn't want to hang out and talk, and that was fine for that. But I found out afterwards that she was not feeling well that whole time. And then a few months later, I was at a dance club in, on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, and she was sitting there with a table full of friends and she's like, Michael? <laughs> she saw me, her and her sister, I guess it's a TV show now, right? The, the, the Braxton. The Braxton. Right, right. I haven't seen it, but so anyway, all her friends and family were there and, and uh, we ended up like talking and hanging out and she was the friendliest person I ever met. So she was actually fine. She was just really not feeling that well that day. So the, the shoot was fun for me because it was the first time I ever was like on camera. So that was really exciting. What was the day on, day on set like? Were, were they like 12 hour days, like rangers? And... Yeah. Have you heard about like, what, um, yeah, 12 hour days, but they weren't hard to have. Cannot complain, not at all. Because every time they do a, you know, a shoot or, or a scene, when they have to set up, like they shoot this angle and they gotta turn around, it takes like half an hour or so to turn around and film the other angle because they gotta reset the lights and everything. And then I wasn't in every shot, so there was a lot of downtime. Most of the show was Japanese footage, so it wasn't, you know, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't hard days except for the fights. The fights were brutal. Because we would fight all day, and we'd be in our shoes, sometimes boots, and I'd be kicking with boots on, and that, like, wrecked our knees. As you know, you guys heard Brad hurt his knee, I hurt my knee, I had to have knee surgery. So the fights were brutal, and arguing with the fight coordinator, that was, pain, but the acting stuff, the filming, that was fun. That was just 12 hours days were nothing. And we came in on Saturdays to do the voiceovers. So six days a week, 12 hour days. So talk about the voiceover process. What was that like? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate my voice. So I tried to amp it up and do this like cooler power voice and just sounded stupid because it didn't match my actual character and it was weird. Like, do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember yeah. how yeah. weird the voice was? Like, it was just... I just assumed he was like, I'm now going to be a great fighter and watch you up. And they told me to do that, too. It wasn't just me coming up with that. They said, all right, I want you to do a superhero voice. I'm like, like this? Talk like power? I, I don't know. <laughs> it was just stupid. So I, I hated the sound of my voice. And so here I am stuck in a room with headphones on, listening to my own voice and having to do this. It was easy, but it just, it was hard to have to hear that. <laughs> so you're talking and you're hearing it in your own ears and it's just that. Uh...
Troopers was a little bit more mature. And I, that's so surprising. I've never heard that. But this is the first time, because I know that's what they're aiming for, but I've never actually heard anybody say it. But then watching it now, it's like... Yeah, cool. it's, all, it's, all, it's, all, it's all kind of the same thing. It's a talking dog, and it's hard to accept. Right, right. Well, for me, I was talking about the TVP, so it was like these computers and all that. I remember the show was after school, so I would run straight from school to go on to watch the show. And right after that, it's like, I started getting into computers and building towers and stuff. I'm into robotics now, thanks to that. Man, I do a lot of data science. So, cool. yeah, that for me is like, what my motivation from childhood. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is, I never even touched a computer when I was on that show. Like, I had no idea anything about computers. And now I'm a computer animator. <laughs> How it all comes back around. Things change. Yeah, I know. A little tip. So you had told me a story about how you went to go see the other PR movie when it came out. Okay, this is a funny story. So we were all excited about the Power Ranger movie because we thought we would be next. So we wanted to know. All right, this is this is going to be huge. We were so excited. So I was living in Santa Monica. We were all living in different places in, in LA at the time, and so I was in Santa Monica living near the, this touristy area and they had a movie theater and I was like, I'm a movie. Pop in and go see it. And I, I, 
and a lot of people don't know this, but I was really shy, and I still am about um, doing acting and doing the whole, yes, I wanted to be an actor, but I was really shy about it. I just wanted to do the martial arts stuff. I didn't really care about like, the acting. And so when VR Troopers did come out, um, I didn't like a lot of the attention. Not didn't like it, I, was, I didn't know what to say. I, I was really awkward, so I was just walking around, and I never do this, but I, at that time, I wore a hat and kind of looked, you know, and I just didn't want people to recognize me because it was just awkward and I didn't know what to say. So anyway, so I saw the Power Ranger movie was playing, and so I was awkward, and I didn't want to walk in with everybody that were Power Ranger fans, because those people would recognize me for sure. And so I waited until the movie started, then I bought my ticket, snuck in after the lights were out, and sat in the back of the theater. And I was like, all right, I want to see the reaction of these fans when I watch this movie, see if, if this is going to be a big thing, and then we'll be next. And the movie was playing, and the movie broke. Oh, the screen went black. Oh, no. The house lights came up, and everybody looked behind. <laughs> all sitting in the back of the theater, and they were like, oh, it's Jamie. Because <laughs> 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 I was sitting there by myself in a movie theater in the back watching a Power Ranger movie, and everybody turned around to look at me watching a Power Ranger movie by myself. They got the movie working again, but even while the movie was playing, I could still hear whispers like, <laughs> I couldn't visualize what a high budget, high quality movie of your movie would look like. That was all I was thinking. I didn't think anything else about the movie. Like, cool, they got a movie. I would love to do that. <laughs> Favorite episode you filmed? The one I enjoyed watching the most was, um, I think it was called Dream Battle. We were sent out into the, everything was like this dream nightmare kind of thing. Like the Tao Dojo was destroyed, the lab was destroyed, and everything was kind of like this fuzzy, hazy, Twilight Zone kind of thing. I tend to like dark TV shows and movies, so that was my favorite to watch. Favorite to be in? I would have to say it was the episode where Brad became the dog. He <laughs> friends with the dog and he had to be Jeff the whole time. That was funny to watch. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It's weird, 20 years later, strangers are coming up to me and going, hey, I used to watch your show, that was so cool, da, da, da. you know, it's, it's a disconnect and it's, it's a weird, Concept. It, it's almost like if a stranger from high school or grade school came up to you on the street and go, Hey, remember it's me? Like, I don't remember you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, they know you, there's that connection, but you just don't know how you're connected. And then they say, Oh, yeah, we had great times. And I'm like, Oh, really? Okay. It's, it's that weird disconnect. And that's what it feels like. It's the closest that I can describe. It's, yeah. it's great that I'm here, and it's great that you guys remember the show. It's awesome. So I'm having a blast. Thank you guys for coming out. Give us a Trooper Transform. Trooper Transform! Next is the Jason David Frank Q&A featuring Jason David Frank, Johnny Young Bosch, Catherine Sutherland, Jason Narvey, and Paul Schreier. How's everybody doing? Good? Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Well, who's got a question? So this is the no, question cue. The question cue. Where's your question? I'm trying to hit you in the head with this. My question is, what was it like working on the set of uh, a Turbo Power Rangers movie? It was turbulicious. Turbulicious, indeed. It was cool, yeah. I mean, we had a good time. It wasn't as cool as the first movie. 
because we yeah. gotta go somewhere. You know, this time it was like we're just in the same place we were always. It's yeah. like just that was kind of like the show though. And in, and in spandex too. So. Yeah, it's not as cool. <laughs> we would like read the script and be like, oh cool, we're gonna be here. We're gonna be in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything was like just decorated. You know, like wherever we were at. We have always had fun with Johnny. That's why we were filming *My More Life*. We'll show you the, the episode a little bit later on content TV. But we always have a great time, man. It's always fun, you know. Hey, you, see, you mentioned last night that he did a stunt in the, the rapids. Yeah. And I just kind of want to know: Did you also do the flip that jumped off the cliff? No, it looked like me though, right? Yeah. The turtle jumping into the water. You didn't know that? Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no but it was up. Uh, I was telling them how we mean uh, Catherine Torx, that alligator that they cut out of the movie with the big torch. Oh, you know, because it was just me and her filming, and these guys had different. I, I did, you know, it was funny. I watched Turbo. Haven't really seen it, like, I don't know, like, in the movie premiere or whatever. It was on HBO, and I was periscoping it. And it, you, you had a lot of, you were alone a lot in that movie. I was. They were trying to write me out, man. No. Being alone is good because you get alone screen time. You know, I had to be with the group, so I was watching it going, hey, hair was curling, my hair was curling. They, they still, they cut a lot of my stuff out. Like what? I was supposed to, like, rescue a mermaid. No joke. No, we didn't even get to that. It got cut out before we got there. And then, uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys knew, but, like, our CO, apparently the ZO uniforms, if there's if they're in contact with water, they don't work. That, that was what, that's why we had to change to turbo. But they cut all that stuff out. Like when they they fall into the water, the rapids, their power gets lost. You, you know, this yeah. does it, it cuts out. But then uh, Nakia and myself, we were supposed to like go underwater and fight on the trons or whatever they're called. That is what they're called, right? And then, uh, but then our suits get all messed up. They didn't want to see any of that. They didn't want to see the suits all jet. We couldn't even uh, take our helms off. They, we couldn't like be seen with our. You know, helmets off or whatever, or the stunt guys. Oh, man, there's a lot of stuff with Turbo. I just now remember. Remember when they made us jump off of that? It was like a 16 foot. It's not, well, not that high. It's like 16 foot, but when you're up there, 16 feet high and having to jump down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, beach. They're releasing the new Mike Morgan Power Vision movie. Uh, they're using the same names of the original five. Are they? I don't know. I don't know much about the movie. Everything's top well, secret. Well, it's not a question about the movie. It's more about it. the same person I would ask William Shatner if I was asking for about Chris Pine if they recast. Slime.com. <laughs> if they recast Tommy in future generations of Power Rangers as an actor who created the character of Tommy, how would you feel? And vice versa, same with that. Right, like if that Asian guy is playing Adam Carter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah, yeah. It's, it carries on the legacy, you know, a bit, you know. And then we get to be like, hey, dude, you didn't really do a good job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you need a little bit more. Try it. Yeah. More Asian. You need more Asian. <laughs> <laughs> he can talk about Asian stuff. I can't. Well, I do. Oh, God forbid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, that's right, you can. And I can go like Chi Tong, I get it. Yeah, I can go, yes, yeah, be more white. Be more white. More like a white guy. More like a white guy. Come on. Dragon Zord. Pronounce it Dragon Zord. Hey, I saw a big frog the other day, and that, that was in my pool, dude. That was big a big frog, movie. yeah. That thing looked like that, dude. And I took a picture and I sent it to him. I said, I am a frog, and I Facebooked it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
darn, Johnny! I was like working on like superpower beatdown and some of the other stuff with Batman and Sun. I thought it was great. I mean, uh, on set's really cool. A lot of good filmmakers. Johnny knows some of the stunt guys that work on there. He knows Aaron. He, he was on set while we filmed a couple, and it's fun. I mean, it's the way that the movie set should be, I think, because everyone's just, they know what they're looking for, they know what to shoot. And like me, Johnny used to be on set, we used to be like, dude, it would be so much easier if we could just shoot it like this and then leave, and then they would just do it the long way. You know, so working with a smaller production company that knows their fan base was great. Um, Aaron's got something really big coming up that I'm a part of, only a few episodes, but it's going to be really great. And um, I don't know, everything's just so secretive to talk about, but uh, anyway, it's going to be really great. He's, he's a good filmmaker and stuff like that. How was it like working on Super Mega Force? So it was, uh, I didn't have a really that great of a big fight scene, no, no. but uh, it was good. not so super Mega Force. <laughs> no, it was for him, not saying that it wasn't super. It was okay, we got a chance to work with some of the old guys that we worked with on the show, so filming with them was cool. Most of the guys that shot our show was back there shooting that show. So, yeah, it was awesome. Was that New Zealand? Yeah. yeah. First is for Jason. Uh, back to the sun question. What's the process behind it? I mean, how did they approach you with the idea of the, the finds? Yeah. And was you already paired with Ryu and Scorpion? Well, the thing is, like, Aaron emailed me, and I didn't know who he was really. And he said, hey, we're doing this White Ranger versus Scorpion beatdown. And I just saw, you know, his, his artwork is just kind of like comic book artwork, like the pow bang thing or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'll help this dude out. I was like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll help you out. I didn't really know what it was. He sent me his work. I didn't get a chance to watch it. He called, you see my stuff? I was like, yeah, you know, I saw what he did. So anyway, I agreed to it. And then I went home and saw Wolverine versus Predator. And um, I knew he did good work because Tammy doesn't watch any of that stuff. And she was like, hey, I, I really like that. And I'm like, you do? Wow. She, watch. she got lost in the Deadpool movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was like, maybe I can't watch it because it's about superheroes. But it just approached me like that, and then that's how it all started. You know, Aaron was a White Ranger fan. When we did the White Ranger for Star Scorpion, I said, hey, we should do the Green Ranger. Green Ranger's like super popular. And he's like, no, I want to do the White Ranger. Now people see me and they're like, hey, I saw you beat Scorpion. You know, so it's like he's kind of done a great job of branding it. So. Yeah, uh, another part, you know, for them to use a character. Like a legal process, can you give the okay or the, they have the others of all? They don't need no. If you look at that, the superpower beatdown, there's a clause in contracts where you can like take superheroes and he, it's, it's totally legal. But with the Great Ranger, I just wanted to talk to Spawn just to make sure it was, you know, before I got involved and stuff. But they don't really get permission. It's the first thing I ask. Like, it's like a rare inspired, yeah, like a, there's stuff in, in um, Hollywood that you can get around with certain contracts and stuff like that. I don't know how, but that's what it is, I guess. One for Johnny. Uh, just one. Just one. Thanks. Just one. <laughs> well, making good for either the you know, voice acting and everything for all these animes. When I grew up, I always pictured when they did the voice recording, they all did it in one day group, but when I got to see behind the scenes, they always done it individually. With the I mean, anime specifically, yeah. yeah. I mean, is there any reason why it's always done individually, or is there ever time there? Well, it was done in groups. Okay, so if it's original animation, then you have the group of actors inside there, and then they're going to take what we recorded, right? But if it's anime, it's already been done in Japanese or wherever it's coming from, right? Most of the time it's Japanese if it's anime. And so, when, so we, get it, when we get it, it's done, so we have to match the flaps. And so if you have nine people in there trying to match flaps, and it's ridiculous, there's no way. Because what if that person messes up? Oh, we got to go back. So it's easier to just do 
one person to go through and get all their stuff. How long is that a, of a process? Is it just depends on the show? It depends on the character. You know, if you got a lead role, you're probably gonna be there in there for about four hours. You know, and then that's you know it goes on for however long you know, the, series, the season is. When you're working on my boyfriend, do you guys play pranks on each other behind the scenes or whatever? So I got out the window, 
and I got up on this roof, right? And she's going for, like 40, 50 miles an hour. And you know, when you're inside the car, 50 miles an hour, you put your hand out, you grab it, and you go, ooh. You're on top of a car, it's like free falls. Like, <laughs> so as I'm up there, I'm like, this, I'm gonna die. So I start freaking out. I'm like, I better get in on the other side and finish this there. Uh, but as I'm about to do this, the car starts swerving. And my legs are swinging from side to side. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? She's gonna kill me. She got the right? intensity. And so I lean forward just to see what she's doing. And she's like, panicked. Like, <gasps> because Jason Frank has reached past her and has grabbed the wheel. He's trying to shake me from So I'm like, I better get in. So I lean over to grab, get inside the other window. There he is, rolling it up. <laughs> you have to do this back in the days, people. That's right. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> Anyways, she started hitting him. He finally let me in. The, the whole time, she never slowed down. What are you worried about? There's no cactus in the desert in Australia. What are you Ground and dirt. Yeah, you can't hurt the dirt. That's true. You can't. There are killer kangaroos. Anyways, that was... Jason, pranks, I mean Frank. <laughs> so what, what's this panel about? Is it about my new reality show, My Morphin Wife? That's <laughs> when you switch power in your life. Uh, no, thanks guys. No, we're just a regular panel. I was just going to show My Morphin Life on the end of it, but I'm glad you guys made it. Of course! Especially, I mean, a little bit late, but that's it. Oh, okay, well, it's well, like it was on set. That's how it was on set. I was busy filling your booth with trash from my booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks because we have these ideas that we're going to keep throwing trash into his booth. Like every time we fill finish a bottle, we're like, oh, he's got a cop in there! God! Hey, when you're next to these guys, you need one. Couches are throwing, chairs are throwing, it's just for them. <laughs> um, no, anyway, guys, if you guys have, we have a, a, a cube. They're throwing a cue. Oh. Questions. It's a question. Well, not really. Uh, my question is, if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self before you accepted the role on Power Rangers, what would you say to yourself? Don't buy that car yet. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably say behave. No, I wouldn't. I lied. What if? What if your aunt was your uncle? There's no what ifs. Your aunt's good looking though, man, so. Well, this isn't the actual dark I'm sorry. Your aunt is not very attractive. What am I supposed to say? Catherine, what would you say? I, I would say enjoy it. I would, I would tell myself to tell my castmates to not try to get more money. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously a lot of themes that were woven into the original show. Uh, what themes would you like to see carried over to the new movie? Uh, us in it. <laughs> I thought it was Kenny's Johnny. I'm happy when any actor gets a job, so I, I, I'm psyched for, for the, the cast of the new film and uh, not as a performer. But in another fashion, I have been working on the new film, and I think that you're going to love them in their roles. They're super cool people, and uh, it's going to be super exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a big debate. You know, people always say, "Hey, I'd like to see it darker and all this stuff." But I think all of our younger selves would like to see a darker one. But now that we're a little bit older, so it might be nice to see them keep it a little bit of the kid. 
So you know, so we just had lunch just now, and we were in the green room, and I was really hungry, and there was a soup. It was really awesome. I got a cup, I filled it, and I was drinking the soup, and after I finished it, I was like, man, that was really rich. There he goes, that was gravy. <laughs> You are the wronged party in that. A 
letter. Who would actually no do letter. that now? Like you would just text or FaceTime or you know. Oh, and then it just just. Call. She could call. Her new boyfriend. You gotta get some bad this is the first episode of season three, but it was the last one we filmed on season two. I just want to thank everyone for being a part of it. It's not like a, a big deal or anything. It's like a social media thing. People watch and stuff, and I just kind of wanted to include my life. It doesn't really show the real drama behind the stuff. Like, Tammy should be like, oh, they should be rolling out. I'm like, sure. I'll edit that. Edit that. edit that out. I know. I know. So it has to be like, she's like, oh, you're so fake. Anyway, I was shooting one scene of Jenna for one of the... Uh, one of the episodes, because you know, I was like the cameraman was the, you know, hey, I'm out of the shop, let me get the camera, because I'm picky over the camera, so she knows I'm filming, she knows I can't say anything, so we're rolling, and I'm like, he's, you know, say stuff, she's like, oh, you know, daddy this, and daddy can be a really butthead sometimes. <laughs> oh my god. She's like, he's this and he's that, and I'm like, cut, Jenna. <laughs> she, knew, she knew as soon as it was a be cut, she was in trouble, to see how long it was gonna go on. She's like, oh, you know, daddy, how lazy. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the Chris Angel panel. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we will disappear. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, Catherine, Paul, Jason, Johnny Bosch. I appreciate it, guys. They'll be here all day. And if you haven't got a chance to see these guys, they entertain me. Even though I can't look every time they entertain me because I'll be watching them the whole time and ignoring the fans. So, but I hear, but um. Get a chance to come see us at the tables and all that stuff, guys. Thank you so much for everything. Next up is the Johnny Young Bosch Q&A panel. Welcome to the Johnny Young Bosch Q&A. <laughs> it could have had a fancier name, but it doesn't. It's just my name. It could be the Johnny Hour. It could be. You know what we're, well, it's not even an hour, actually. They've only given me 45 minutes. Oh. I know, not even a complete hour. They're like, mm, you're only good for about 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, that's right. Okay, so pass the cube, I guess. Okay, who wants the first one? Does anybody have a question? How do you like uh, Ichigo Kurosaki? How do I like him? Like I like him. I like him a lot. Ichigo is awesome. Another great swordsman is Guts from Berserk. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not in that, so I don't really know that. <laughs> John, yes. Uh, gotta ask you, man. Uh, Trigon, yes. Um, what I'm wondering is, every you time, time is it when you guys were doing that, talk over you asking me <laughs> at the time when you guys were dubbing that, did you realize you were going to make one of like the big three bounty hunter animes of the 90s? And I had no idea. And like, so like, what was it like? Were you just like, eh, I'm going to go in here and dub this sucker? Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much that was it. Yes, I, there's, there's not a long elaborated uh, answer to that. It's, I had no idea. I wasn't familiar with the show um, when I was cast on it. Um, and then I was just going along with it. You know, it was a great show. It was a lot of fun. Um, the character is awesome. And then, uh, yeah, I really did. It wasn't until like, you know, months after it was already out, or maybe even a year, when I started doing some conventions. And seeing people dressed up. Is that the alarm? <laughs> Do we need to run? <laughs> is, it, oh, is, it, is, it, is it you? Is it your phone? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, we need to. I'm hiding. <laughs> My question is, what's like one of the weirdest characters you ever voice that, voice acted, and why? 
What was the weirdest? Yeah. The weirdest. There's a few. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, yeah, it, all right, here's one. I don't know the name of the game. It was just some game I was casting. And uh, I played Goblin number, it was like a number, I did like 13 or something. And uh, when I went in to look at the sides or the script or whatever, all the dialogue was written at just five, like vowels, you know? So it's like, what is this? But I don't understand what it is. Ooh, what is that? And uh, they're like, hey, you know, goblin noises. I'm like, I don't know any goblins. <laughs> I don't know what that means. They're like, you know, there's uh, uh, a goblin noise. And I was like, ah. And then I just thought of these pig noises I used to do as a kid. And it was like, <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah, that. And I was like, okay. So I did, for like four hours. You're being electrocuted. <laughs> You're falling off a cliff. <laughs> and uh, that was a pretty weird one. Uh, there you go. Jesus? <laughs> it's so good to see you in the flesh. <laughs> yeah, I said thing on top. Jesus, you should know this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, technology. Um, um, in the games you voice out, do you actively play with games? Some of them. I'm pretty terrible at games, though. <laughs> but, um, like I do, I do try to play some of them. Is there one in particular that you're curious about? I need to see a list. I, I'm sorry. You, okay, you need to see a list. <laughs> Jesus, you know everything. <laughs> you should know all of the, everything I've done my entire life. Um, no, I, uh, there have been a few, yeah, Devil May Drop, the Devil, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Devil May Cry, so. Uh, but yeah, that one is one that I, I tried to play, I'm still, I wasn't very good at. Uh, Yokai Watch actually is one that I play right now. Um, and uh, it's, it's a more recent, it's like a kid's show. But uh, yeah, I play like the kid in that. And so that, I've been playing on the DS. But it's a lot of fun, actually, if you have. 3DS or whatever, you should check out Yokai Watch. Is it better than Pokemon? I, you know what? I would say yes, because I haven't played Pokemon. So, I don't know. But I'm sure that they're like equally good in their own way. Um, of course, Pokemon's going to be awesome, but uh, it is a lot of fun. It really is. <laughs> you can pass the cue, Jesus. hands. <laughs> A lot of your moves and stuff, that movie's like really good. Did you do like all your stunts? Is it like all you throughout the whole thing? On Broken Path? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was all me. Uh, any of those independent films. That's the Extreme Heist one? Like, I heard that you hurt yourself. Extreme Heist was. There's, well, like, there's this guy stuff, stuff that I did. It's like, you jumped off like a huge thing. There were, yeah, I hurt myself multiple times and I, I got hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> but that was part of the thing. It was like, it's going to go 20 miles an hour. <laughs> Never done that before, let's try it. <laughs> by the way, don't get hit by a car. <laughs> if you have a choice to have a stuntman do it, maybe you should do that. Um, that didn't hurt as much, actually. What hurt, there's a, they did a ratchet pull, like this, the guy, I can't remember if he hits me or kicks me or throws me, but they ratchet pulled me back, and I fell back and fractured a rib, and that hurts for a long time. Like, like you breathe, you can't move, it's weird. Um, so that, yeah, I did a lot of stuff in there, but that was the only time, that, the only one that hurt myself there. Oh, a broken path, I split my head open, actually, yeah. Um, do I have that here? Oh, I don't have it on here. I could have shown that, uh, unfortunately. I have to bring it. But, uh, 
yeah, split my head open on that like the second day of shooting. Um, but yeah, I've hurt myself plenty of times. What is it like to bring a character to life that you see on a piece of paper and then see the response of people from that character? You know, it's really rewarding, actually. Um, most of the time. Like, you know, you like bash, you know, uh, most of the time, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything really super negative, at least not to my face, you know. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, there was one time though, and I was I was in Canada, and uh, I you know I had like a few titles under my belt, not that many, but Trigun was one, uh, Wolfstrain was another one, um, so I had a few of these, and uh, I was there with a bunch of other Canadian voice actors, and it seemed like nobody really knew who I was because nobody wanted to talk to me, <laughs> and uh, we were at this uh, like it was like a VIP meet and greet I guess, um, and a dinner thing you know so. You sit at the table and eat and entertain these people that came, you know. And so they're going around at the end to get autographs, and you know, not too many people were coming to me because they didn't really know who I was. And then this one girl comes over to me, and she, she's going around having every, all the uh, uh, guests like sign their name and then draw a picture, you know. And uh, she comes over to me, she's like, "So what are you in?" And I'm like, "I'm like, uh, it's kind of weird, you know, audition characters of like uh, Power Rangers." She's like, "Nah." Off a few of them, and I was like, Wolf's Rain, and she was like, Okay, I like that show. And I was like, Whatever. And she gave me the piece of paper, she's like, Go ahead and sign your name and then draw something. So I signed my name, and I was like, I'm not really an artist, but I'll draw something. I was like, Gonna draw myself like going like this, right? And so as I get to myself, I'm like drawing the hand or whatever, she's like, Oh, by the way, I really don't like your voice. And I was like, Oh, okay. Here you go. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize it, but as I was drawing, and I, like at the end when she like stopped me there, I was like, whoa! I just kind of like stopped drawing, you know. And I was trying to draw this, but it came out like this. <laughs> and then she's like, she looked at it, she was like, well, you didn't have to be rude about it. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like you were rude first. <laughs> um, that's actually my first time to go to Canada. I thought, I actually, from that, I was like, man, are all Canadians <laughs> But since then, I've met a lot of really cool Canadians. Most of them are actually really fun. Okay, so whenever you're getting ready to do like a voice acting like demo, or what are some like parts you do to like warm up?
and then you, you see in the world that they draw, and then you go there, and it's like, it's just like the anime. <laughs> so there are some robots there, but they're not destroying the city or anything. <laughs> um, so that part's good. There are some weird things there, too. Which character would be your favorite voice act? And which one would be your least favorite? My least favorite was Godwin number 13. <laughs> my, my favorite is real. What was that? What was that noise? Did some. But uh, uh, Ichigo is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nero. I don't have like like a favorite. I, I like a bunch of them for various different reasons. Kiba was a lot of fun to play. Uh, Vash, Lelouch, Isai is really fun to play. Um, yeah, there's just so many of them that I really enjoy. You just kind of across the board, really most of them. I, admit, I mean, I have to connect to all of them. And if I'm gonna make them sound genuine, but yeah, you know, I don't know. They're like, it's like you're asking me to choose my favorite child, but I can't, you know. I like them all. Were there any uh, characters or series that didn't work out or you passed on that later on you're like, oh, I wish I could have done that? There was nothing that I passed on that I later regretted. Um, there were stuff I passed on, but then I was like, mm, whatever, and I, and I made a choice whenever. Um, but uh, was it wasn't not a whole lot, you know. But uh, yeah, there's no, nothing that I regret. Um, there was something that I tried to get out of. <laughs> but but they're like, no. Which ones? Um, well, uh, I shouldn't talk about any of them. <laughs> um, actually, I'll tell you this one, uh, because it's not really that bad, but uh, Persona 4, uh, the, the original game, right? The, in the game, I, I, was, I knew going in the session, I was playing Adachi, the antagonist. And so I voiced him for the majority of the session. Towards the end of the end of the session, they're like, "You're also going to be voicing the protagonist." But I didn't know I was going to be doing another character, so I didn't think about limiting my range. So I had something else to play with. I just kind of did whatever felt like I wanted to, right? Um, and then I was like, "Well, what, what's his tone?" It's like, "Well, it's the same as Adachi's tone." I was like, uh, "How's that going to work?" Because it's going to sound like me talking to me. And they're like, "Well, he just does call outs and shouts and stuff like that." I was like, okay, so it's not a big deal. It's just going to yell and stuff, right? Um, he's the playable character. And so the first game was no problem. second one, it starts talking a little bit more. And then the next one is like talking even more to each other. And then the animation came out. And it's like, I don't know what to do anymore. And so it's like, they're both there. And I was like, can we, can I just do Adachi and have, can you hire somebody else to play the other character, uh, Narukami? And um, they're like, nope. <laughs> so she's like, are you sure? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and so basically, I took Adachi this way and Narukami this way in, in pitch and tone a little bit. Um, and it becomes more obvious towards the end once Adachi goes crazy. Um, but uh, it was fun, but it was also really tricky. It's one of those things where I, I had to ask him, can I go back through that? Can I watch that and make sure? Um, so any scene that they were talking to each other, I made sure to watch it and adjust here and there. Which, and it was cool because they were flexible enough to let me do that. You don't always get the choice to do that. But, uh, yeah, that would be one. I got the Power Ranger question. Where uh, Power Rangers is, you know, available on Netflix, and it's on DVD now. 
uh, do you find younger generations seeking you all out? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, occasionally, um, only at a con uh, do, do I see you know some younger kids, and half the time, though, it's like that parent or brother, older brother or whatever watched the show, and it's like it was like, no, no, you got to watch this stuff first before you get into the newer stuff, you know. Um, so, but we do see that. We do see that, you know. I mean, we look fairly different, you know, from what we did then. I mean, there's a hint of who we were, but we're pretty I mean, different. Is it just more just parents bringing their kids and saying, oh, let's get a picture with you? A lot of times, yeah, but a lot, but those kids do most of the time know because of, they watch the show with their parents, you know. Um, so that, you know, which is cool to see. Like, somebody thinks that I'm Adam still, and they're like four years old, you know. It's kind of cool. Like, I don't even know if my daughter would watch it. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever show her. <laughs> if she finds it one day, I'll be like, all right, yeah. I mean, she knows I was a power agent. And I always have to, like, tell her, like, no, I really don't fight people in real life. You know, um, she just thinks, like, every once in a while. Because I train martial arts all the time, you know, and I'm always training. And then she's like, thinks that I'm doing that because I'm a power agent. And I'm like, no, no, I do that because I'm a martial artist. <laughs> Not, not at the age yet where she can draw that line completely yet. What did you have to do to prepare your voice for when you were doing Ichigo's hollow form and all the screaming? The hollow form, the full hollow with the horns? Well, and yeah. The full hollow, well, actually, I used the goblin voice after <laughs> You know, and then just doing that. And I mean, that stuff was, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, and I would try to throw in like, I'd throw that in. The first couple times in the beginning, they let me do that stuff uh, just to give it like this weird, like otherworldly sound to it. But yeah, those those are those are fun. That stuff. Uh, but you can't do that stuff that that much though. It, it would be like an hour, and then I'd be like, I I can't do any more of this guy today. Otherwise, I won't be able to talk <laughs> tomorrow. Um, so yeah, we'd space it out. But uh, it was a lot of fun though. I really enjoyed. It. I didn't know I was going to. I didn't know I was going to be Hollow Ichigo or White Ichigo. I didn't know like going into it until that day on that episode where he shows up. I was like, I was like, who's White Ichigo? And they're like, you. I was like, oh. I was like, what? Is he different? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, can I see what he sounds like? And it was, it was just Ichigo. I changed it a little bit, you know, just for my own mind, I guess, you know. Ichigo is really my natural voice. And then Hollow Ichigo is somewhere in here, you know. Who am I? And uh, Ichigo, like his fight noises, Ichigo is a more earthy. And uh, Hollow Ichigo is more like. You know, kind of weird stuff like that. That's loud, sorry. Ichigo would 
be cool, but then, you know, there might be issues. <laughs> Hollows might start showing up, you know. Don't need none of that. I'd rather just sit and eat donuts. So maybe Artemis. This is a cat. <laughs> just pet him, and I don't have to bring a litter box and be like, just go poop over there. I don't know. It was a. Uh, it wasn't one hundred percent my choice. Um, they they sent me a few different characters to audition for. Uh, Artemis, Tuxedo Mask, three or four different villains. And I remember going through doing those auditions, even the Artemis one. And I missed the first audition. And then I went through, and then I, I did a couple of them. And I was like, I didn't get any of them. They sent the Artemis one to me again. I was like. Well, I thought I did that, and I was like, uh, that must be confused. So I just, I was just like, ah, yeah. just passed it. I was like, I'm not gonna do it because I figured they know what they're doing. And then, uh, then I got another one. And it was like audition for this. <laughs> I was like, all right. And so I did that, and then I got the part. I guess they wanted to make sure that I was, I don't know, doing it right. I think maybe I did it for my phone the first time. It wasn't good. It was like all staticky, probably. But. Uh, I think it's cool. Sailor Moon is one of those shows I wasn't familiar with growing up um, because I'm a dude and I didn't watch it. <laughs> I was watching like dude shows uh, uh, mostly, yeah, or something. You know, not that not that a guy can't watch Sailor Moon, um, but I was more like I just wanted to see people like kill other people. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those things where I was like, ah, I got to be, I got a chance to audition, and just did it. I'm just rambling right now. <laughs> I'm excited to be a part of the show, though, I really am. I just had this uh, Q&A sent to me, because they're doing, I guess, a DVD release for Crystal, um, and there's like this big Q&A, they wanted everybody to, like they sent it out to all the actors, voice actors, and I got it, and I was like, well, I'm sure they, they don't want me to answer these questions, they just want the girls. And so, as a joke, I just, I answered all the questions with me and Al. <laughs> 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 and I sent it back to the biz, and they were like, <laughs> no, really, we want you. <laughs> I was like, oh, you want me to? Oh, okay. And then so I ended up answering them. But I did pepper in a few meows. <laughs> I'm hoping that they keep them in there. I've never been here to Kentucky. Do you guys have homeless people downtown? Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys a homeless person story, because I feel like it's appropriate since I've never been here before. Um, <laughs> How many of you guys have heard this quarter story? Alright, so sorry, bear with me, it's pretty much the same story. In California, where I work, uh, I have to take the freeway to get to work, and uh, when I come home, obviously I have to take the freeway, and there's an off-ramp. And uh, at the end of this off-ramp, there's, there's a light, and I have to, you know, usually I have to make a left to go under the overpass at that light. And there's always, like, some homeless guy on the corner by that light, right? Well, this one day, I... It was after like a bleach session, I believe, and then I exit the freeway, and uh, in front of me, it, there's, you know, I exit the freeway, and on the off-ramp, it's a red light, there's like four or five cars in front of me, and uh, behind me pulls up this monster truck, and uh, I see just giant tires, and I can feel the vibration of the, right? And so I've got this weird panic inside me, and I can hear, monster madness, you know? And I imagine this thing just, as soon as that goes, it turns green, it's like, it runs us all over, right? And so I've got this, like, as soon as this turns green, we better go, guys, because this guy's going to run us over. So I just feel, 
behind me. And I had this uh, Ziploc bag full of carrots that I had left over from lunch, and I was scarfing them down really fast. It's like my last meal. <laughs> Eating them, right? And I look over at this corner, expecting to see some homeless guys there that I would just ignore because I feel weird about getting somebody to lie in my car because they could jack me or something. I don't know. I've got a seatbelt on, I can't do anything. So I just usually ignore the guy on the corner. And I look, and it's a homeless woman on the corner. And my heart went out to her. I felt bad. I was like, man, I could be my mom, you know? And so in LA, you have to pay for parking everywhere. And so my cup holders are full of quarters. And I'm like, you know what? I just finished these carrots. I have an empty Ziploc bag. What if I take all these quarters and put them in this bag and give them to her? So I do a scoop of all these quarters. I put them in the Ziploc bag. I'm like, this is heavy now. You know, it's like two or three pounds worth of quarters. And she's a good distance from me. So from here to about the exit signs, three or four cars, probably about four cars. And I roll down the window, right? And she's standing there with her sign doing this, and I put my hand out the window. I've never done this before, getting somebody money in my car, so I just assume she's gonna come get it. And I go like this with the back of quarters, and she sees me, and she puts the sign down, and she goes like this. And I was like, hey, what? Am I supposed to get out? I'm like, I can't throw that far, uh, especially left-handed. So I'm like, I don't understand. And then as I'm like confused, in big confusion, the light turns green. These cars must have felt the same pressure I did because they took off. And so I just start going, you know, like instinctively. I'm like, I'm going to start going. And I start, you know, I'm approaching her pretty fast. I look down, I'm like between 20, 30 miles an hour. I'm like, holy cow, how's this exchange going to happen? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, you know? It's like, she's not a football player. I can't just like get her in the gut. She's like, got it, you know? And what if she hangs on to it too long? You know, when I pull her under my car, or I hang on to it too long, and she pulls me out of the car. And then I get run over, you know, so I'm freaking out, you know? And then I get this moment of clarity, this epiphany, and I'm like, Johnny, you're a martial artist. 20, 30 miles an hour, two feet down, back of quarters, focus. <laughs> All you have to do is go, and watch it gracefully land into her hands. So as I'm approaching her, at 20, 30 miles an hour, two or three pound bag of quarters out the window, I'm like, all right, Johnny, and now. And if you've ever been in an accident, <laughs> or tra <laughs> some kind of traffic accident, uh, time slows down. Um, and in my mind, I always mention this, but I picture in my mind, as soon as that moment right there, God was like, whoa, hit the slow motion button, was like, Jesus, Moses, do some popcorn and nachos, and watch this. We're going to play this in slow motion. We're going to play this clip when he's dead, because this is one that we're going to have a good laugh about. So anyways, there I am, 20, 30 miles an hour, two, three pound bag of quarters. I go like this. And I watch as this two or three pound bag of quarters flies through the air, about 20 miles an hour, in slow motion. I watch as this heavy bag of quarters smacks her in the face. Oh! The bag rips open. The quarters fall, glistening, glistening in the sunlight. And all I can do, my one reaction was this. No! around the corner. There's no way to drive, turn around, and you turn to see if she's still alive. All I saw was her like this. As she went down, I'm like, oh. my whole drive home was like holding on to the steering wheel. It was like, what? Feeling dirty. 
So if there's a lesson to be learned from this, don't give homeless people money. <laughs> Especially while driving your car. And so anyways, so it is a totally true story. Before that day, like I guess mentioned, there's always been some homeless guy there. Always, every single day, a guy there on the corner. After that day, I'm not even joking, never again. There's never been a homeless person on that corner after that day. And so, I say this all the time as well, but in my mind, I picture somewhere, there's this dude, like a barrel fire under a bridge or something. This guy shows up, hey, Bob, how's it going? We're so, you didn't hear? She's like, damn. Somebody killed her on the corner. Never go there again. True story. Thank you guys so much for coming. Next is the Time Force panel with Jason Font, Dan Southworth, Deborah Stell Phillips, Aaron Cahill, Kevin Kleinberg, and Michael Copon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything on this world that can make that can stop mother than 
think she can stop it. I guess if you made a kryptonite. Inspirational quote, I'll start the quote. Uh, mine is on my arm. It says, uh, it's Einstein. Uh, imagination is more important than knowledge. I believe that everything is created through our imagination. Like We have to first imagine riding the horse, and then and then we build the saddle and teach the knowledge of how to build the saddle and ride the horse. Uh, hence the reason why we're all here. <laughs> I will ask, if when you were on the show, was there anybody that was inspirational to you throughout your time on set? Oh, that's why we were on the show. I had this mirror in my dressing room. <laughs> 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 I found an inspiration. <laughs> so I guess that's your favorite quote there, just look in the mirror. Well, oh my gosh. This His favorite quote is, I am me. Wow. I'm still working on it. No, 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 I, I have two. Quotes. I'm just trying to pick. I'm overwhelmed by all of this. This is so overwhelming. But um, there's this quote. Um, I, I actually think it's from. Oh gosh, don't quote me. I, I want to say Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Einstein. But I, I honestly, okay, so let me see if I can remember it. Now I'm on the spot. Um, Oh, Everyone's a genius, but if he judges this for his Stop ability to find the screen, this has been his whole life, think he's an idiot? That one? Not at all. You know what you mean? That's my... Focus, okay. It's coming, it's coming. It's coming. Um, no, this is this is good. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I got an Einstein bottle on my desk. It just goes like this. It doesn't matter if you're so cute. I know. I think that Deborah's so beautiful actually hurts my optical nerves. Okay. <laughs> but I will say one is I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Here's one that I just pulled up. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Oh, yes. 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 I guess ninety percent of the cast. So I went in not sure what to think. There was a lot of different personalities. Different genders. Sorry, because I lost my voice from talking to everybody. <clears throat> but my favorite quote is, "I want to rock." So, um, so there's just a lot of different personalities. I, I kind of didn't know what to expect, but uh, everyone was fantastic. We had a great time, and it was uh, now we're all one big friend. Well, most of us are all one big friendship. So uh, it's a lot of fun. First off, I just want to say, like, y'all have not aged at all. You still look the same since 2000, so you don't probably must have, like, probably you sitting somewhere. We drink blood, that's how That's how much brothers we are. Like, don't preserve lots of Kentucky bourbon. My question is, like, had a choice to go to any time period, like time travel, time travel was actually possible. Where would you go and why? That's a good one. I would go. I would go back to uh, like back when this before the Sumerians, when the Lemurians were here, before Pangaea happened, and see like what exactly was going on, like how the split happened, and what was probably in Egypt prior to that. Like I would want to see that. Like. Especially the last for most of these questions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, it seems really bad. I'd like to go to the 20s and see the outfit. <laughs>
Oh, five. Hello. I'm running a little low on caffeine. Come on. He's like a rebel. Come back to me. I like, uh, yeah, I love, I, no, I love, I love Deadpool. No, no, no. Don't forget that one. Um, I like, no, I love Deadpool. I love the Avengers movie. I love uh, The Revenant was awesome uh, recently. Um, oh, my. Dude, there's so many. Uh, Birdman was so innovative. Birdman was that was so I mean, that's kind of like inspired. I mean, if you guys saw the, the, the video I did for the Power Ranger thing, I, I was inspired by Birdman because of the, the one shot thing. I don't know, that was pretty innovative. I love that director. Uh, he's both the revenant. Yeah, the revenant. Yeah. So um, I guess that's it for me. I, I know it's really hard for me to say too. Okay. I just say Deadpool. Just say Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Deadpool. Yeah. Just let it go. Yes, I love that one too. That was going on. Yes, thank you. Oh, yeah, thank you. Who was the question actually? You mean instead of the oh, one you were doing? God. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm not a dancer or a singer, and to be thrown in both at once was traumatizing. I wish I could have fought. I'm a ranger, but you know what? I, I didn't have the skills like everyone else did, so I guess they were creative. So yes. I've been fine. I'm not sure. We had a good time. Oh, we had an amazing job. I would not trade that at all. I would not trade that at all. I would not trade that at all. I would not <laughs> Say that again, buddy.
just mentioned about um, the <coughs> sisterhood. Oh. Um, talk about that sisterhood while you were on the show. Because, I mean, you know, oh, well, if I may. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Y'all be talking about sisterhood just as in, like, like sisterhood or sisterhood? <laughs> like, family sisterhood. I mean, but, like, like, a token is all I can really say. Let's it was, it was like, beyond just as to be honest. Like we, we operated as a full unit. Yeah, we, we did. So there wasn't really like a click yeah. between girls or boys. No. It was actually like uh, I think even the yeah, producers we were, have said like we, we were the first cast that really like not as only like loved each other on set on every single day, but even yeah. after set we yeah. we stuck and by each other as friends. Yeah. So yeah. five of us really yeah. Yeah. really stuck
My little boy, I never explained this to him. He, he, he was two at the time when I first started doing the conventions, um, which was about eight months ago. And um, I knew it was on Netflix, uh, but I never watched it because it was one of those things where it's like you see it and it's like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready because I know when I watch it, it's like going into yearbook and it's like, I, it's like you, I just want to wait to, you know, I want him to understand what's going on. I'm not ready for that. I just remember that feeling. But the moment I found out I was going to go to my first con, I was like, all right, it's time. It was like it was, I was ready. And he loves the, the music. He loves it. He sings the song. He tries to. He loves time. And honestly, I, I, I started to, like, go to Mighty Morphin and, like, try to really catch up with uh, you know, this whole franchise because we're all kind of a part of the same thing. And so as I'm watching it, he's still like, Time Force! Time Force! I'm like, no, 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 that's Mighty Morphin! Time Force! Everything is Time Force to him. So, that's Time Force. And he doesn't quite get the fact that I'm, I don't think he understands, like, that's mommy. But, like, you know, it's so weird. He does watch it. And he, he I think he thinks he's Katie. I don't know if he gets it. I don't know. I really don't know. It's just so weird. I guess he's going to find out sooner than later and be like, wait a minute. And his friends, and oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm not there yet. But yeah, we're in that process, so it's really kind of unusual. Good question. Thank Did you. Did he ask why you, you don't have a skirt? I asked myself why. <laughs> man, what the footage, really? Okay. See, Katie would grow into a man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta come over here holding hands like five times. 
the church giggles start, you know that you know that you're not supposed to laugh, it would be over. We could not <laughs> And it's like the reti- oh, they want to get the shot and we just stop laughing. Like that that would happen quite often. I don't have any prankster memories or stories, but I've got this great story about sharing this trailer with Jason. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've heard it. I'll tell you later. If you guys could go back and give your younger self like, one piece of advice for the future, what would it be? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's a great question. question. Wow. Good question. Ooh, I got to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say not to worry so much. I worried a lot when I was younger, and I was really hard on myself. You know, I, I was always really hard on myself physically, and I looked back at looked back at pictures, and I was like, I, should, I should, you know, I should embrace more just who I was and love myself more. So, um, yeah, just not to worry and love myself and be, you know, be who, be who I am. Yeah, I would, I would add on to that and say, uh, just don't fear anything. I think fear stopped me from doing pretty much 75% of everything that I didn't do. Um, and now I look back at being so confident to be able to sit up here on stage and talk to you. I mean, I, there was once a time, I know you guys probably believe it, but I was super shy. I couldn't talk in front of uh, big groups or sing in front of big groups. And as years progressed, <clears throat> I can. But it was just until that moment when I finally got over that fear or the insecurity of thought of what people are thinking. It's just a fear of the failure. I wish I could just tell myself just, don't, just stop fearing things. Just do it. You know, uh, and that's that. What I, that's what I'm talking about. Inspired me, man. <laughs> now, um, to piggyback off all that, I would say to uh, trust in the journey. You know, life's a journey. You're going to go through your ups and downs. I know I've been through my fair share, and to know that if you just keep persevering and pushing forward and looking to the future and knowing what you want, that you can just you'll you'll get through it all. You know, you just gotta. Weather the storm and uh, just keep pushing forward. Um, I would say just to, oh man, especially during like teenage years, that's the rough. That's a rough time, like junior high. Ugh. I would just say, never change who I am for anybody. Like honestly, it's it's that's a rough time, and I think that a lot of kids, and to this day, I have a special place in my heart for like the youth. Because people feel like they got to change who they are to impress this person. It's about popularity. It is not important. Like, be who you are. Like, everybody's got something about them. I, I just, you know, and I, I did go through that where I was just kind of like, whatever. I'd be like a loner. Like, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't care. That didn't bother me too much. But there was a time where it would be like, yeah, you know, oh, let me try to fit in. But it's just not worth it. I would just tell myself to relax. Be me. And that's not important. Those years, people think that like that's where everything matters. Like that's like your your life. Like every oh my gosh, like high school really. That's nothing. Life has not begun at all, at all. So if anybody here is struggling about that, please just be yourself. Don't change for anybody. Seriously. So I would say I mean, a lot of great things that I would definitely said as well, but you do, you just have to sometimes just let go and let the universe take over. And the thing, the only person you can really control is yourself and your, and your, you know, how you react to what happens to your life. So, you know, we, are, we all go through those phases, those uncomfortable times, we've all been there. Um, even though, like, you see our lives and think, God, everything's perfect for these guys. It's, it's not. I mean, you see Instagram and Facebook. That's our highlight reel, guys. We all stuff behind the scenes that happen to all of us. So if you believe in yourself and you do good things and you treat people well, 
things just happen and it'll work out for you. Um, but that would be a big thing I'm telling yourself is somewhere you don't worry so much because sometimes you just gotta like, let go and let it all let it all happen how it's gonna unfold. Yeah, I love my say to myself if I came across my younger version of myself. Don't spit into the wind. Use protection. something that I was so excited to get and you know you know kind of like when you get something you kind of want to share it with people and they're just not as excited for you because at the time it really wasn't but now it's like you guys are so excited and I think to go off with what Debbie was saying earlier how she, appreciative she is you know we all are like especially me where it's like wow I, that's why I even got it tattooed on my arm you know Jason got it tattooed as well uh, it's our life I mean I'm a Power Ranger forever you know and that's just something really cool to think about and uh and yeah, so I thank you guys for being so supportive because uh, you brought it back to life. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, thank you. If you guys could go back on the show and tell yourself, your character, any advice you could give them, what would it be? Don't let her leave. <laughs> <laughs> don't let Jen leave. Yeah. I'd probably say don't go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say um, 
be yourself and and own yourself or own what your what what your potential is, own what you're capable of. Those are great questions. Um, I think I would probably tell Katie embrace your difference. I mean, this girl had some serious strengths, and uh, she was so humble about it. Like she could have been just throwing things around. She could have been like, "No, I'm the leader," you know. <laughs> but she didn't. But, but <laughs> I thought it was so cool. I loved that. That was so much fun. But I'd say embrace your difference because that that's kind of different. Like, what? <laughs> Katie should have married the Hulk. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I think Katie was the Hulk. <laughs> Well, here comes the Hulk, I guess the yellow and blue baby Hulk. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have the Hulk. You have the hair, too. Like, well. No. What about you, Dan? Oh, don't spit in the land. <laughs> 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 All right, let's more. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Finally, we have the Rita Repulsa Q&A session with Carla Perez, who played the live-action version of Rita Repulsa, and Barbara Goodson, who voiced Rita Repulsa. We got the Ritas, Carla Perez, and Barbara Goodson. Let's hear it. Something that 
you get acknowledgement for, what is it, 20, 25? I heard it was like 23. 23. 23. 23 years. And uh, still going strong, and at the reboot, Banks is coming out, and there's Rita there, and it's like, it's just when I it first came out, out there, was, it, there was no other, because now it's, it's a big thing, every season there's something new, there was nothing new, it was just the first time, so how could we have ever predicted this to happen? <laughs> Well, you mentioned the reboot and the new movie coming out. I know last year you weren't able to tell us, but is there any chance that you are going to cameo in the new movie, or is Yvonne it being its normal self? <laughs> I think there's a slight chance. I've been petitioning with the producer, not Heim, but his other guy, saying, giving him, you know, just throwing out ideas. What if there was some screaming in an you know, alley or back, you know, and this is back to says, you know, that broad's giving me a headache and she zaps her. <laughs> or a CEO in a boardroom and she zaps, you know. So you, they, you just hear a little bit of the voice and then that would satisfy just a little, you know. And then I just, I also say, or uh, tickets to the premiere or I could coach her if she wants to do that guttural voice. Yeah. So I've offered myself in so many ways. And that's Anything it. I just thank you, and it's very polite, and you're the iconic voice, blah, 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 but you know, I'm not holding my breath, and if the gods are with me, you know, we'll see. It'd be great if you and I could be walking down the I street. I don't think together. there's any chance for me. I think um, maybe Spawn's mad at me. Oh, oh. <laughs> because I did the, um, the reboot, the oh, band yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he wanted to sue him. Or oh, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of litigation around it. In the end, it was fine. There's no more lawsuit. I think he's fine with it now. So. A, lot of, a lot of people loved it. He thought it was really well done. So, so there. How I always pictured like the voice recording process is everybody's in a group and they do the voices together. But since I see some behind the scenes, it's usually done individually. It depends on the project. Project for for um, Clone Wars, Star Wars. We were in it because they were drawing it to us after the fact. We were together and acting like us. We got to act together in a line of, of microphones and music stands with the script. I love that. That's like real radio acting. Kind of. But like with Empress Rita, Carla would do it. I would see the, the film in the little booths. I was by myself and concentrating on her mouth. Hello, mouth. <laughs> Say it again, I'll mouth it. Do you want to make my mustard grow? Oh, okay, sure. Oh, we're going to do improv. Okay. Make my mustard grow! Now, we never did that ever before. Now, like when you was watching her and then doing like the Japanese version. I mean, how long was there a process of trying to get it just right? Well, the Japanese was hell on wheels, to tell the truth, because there was very little footage with Machiko Soda. And so it was the same footage over and over again with different storylines. And so it was terrible dubbing because you can't fit different words into and make it look like it matches. But that became part of the campiness of it. But when Carla did it, we were both English speaking, it was much easier. Except one time you were chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs>
I was? Yes, you were. <laughs> young, you young little starlet, you. <laughs> and I was reading to him with gum in her mouth. <laughs> The monsters that freaked us out? Yeah, is there any one in particular that kind of freaked you oh, out? Oh, I, I couldn't get over that eyeball monster. That <laughs> freaked me out. Especially because at the wedding, we had I a scene. Do you remember the scene in the wedding? When um, I had to look at it and I had to keep winking. <laughs> and every time I winked, the eye would pop out. <laughs> like when we went across the room, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and I was. I was I had like maybe two nightmares about that. I was like, in the world, it just had eyeballs all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, Robert and Axelrod. I just did Zootopia. So if you go and see that, uh, I'm the, I think I'm a uh, bully boy chipmunk in a flashback, and I bully Jason Bateman's fox as a boy and traumatize him for life. <laughs> so still in character, because that was fun to do. I love doing Cruella DeVille for Disney on Ice oh. and Darling, because uh, that, you know, and there was something that's on Fredbot for the little ones. It's um, called Cloud Grip. And I, I get to be really shy and a sheep who's very shy. <laughs> and, and also a, a little fox, uh, Ruiz, who says, I'm the evil. So, so uh, see, that thing is, it's like a meal, you know? I don't just like to eat steak all the time, and you want your dessert, you want your, you know, appetizer, you want your... I like to keep jumping around, and keeps me busy and my brain working. They couldn't keep doing the footage over and over again, and the show was such a hit. They, they did do Lord Zed, and then after that, there was some buzz that Rita was... I, I actually was petitioning, like, you know, I was trying something. I had a picture of me in the costume saying, Unemployed Emperor Seeks Employment. <laughs> Anyway, I did. I actually wore the costume once. I did a screen test because there was opportunity at one point that I was going to do Rita uh, as the one, but I'm telling you, Carla, I, I am glad because it was heavy and I they and they went with the someone who looked younger but looked like Manchi Kosoga. And she did such a fabulous job with imitating the same mouth, face, and facial stuff. That was so funny. So um, it worked out, for me, it worked out perfectly. And I was glad that she came back. And then, you know, I think she was scared of Lord Zed in the beginning. And then he was like, she was really more upset with him because <laughs> she wanted to be the ruler, yeah. not him. Yeah. She wanted to be the empress, not and the emperor, I guess. So that's why she contrived or she made the plan to marry him so she can still be part of that power. <laughs> Did they give her a, a, a love potion at some point? Yeah. When they fell in yeah. love with each other? Yeah. Oh, okay, so <laughs> in the beginning part, I guess he didn't like me because, you know, I, I was too old for him. I mean, how old is he? Like, what, 50,000 years old? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I was just 11,000. <laughs> so apparently I was showing all the time. Yeah. Apparently, I was too old for, or Rita was too old for him. Typical so, man. Yeah. So she goes and asks, um, who did she ask to make her Yeah, yeah, Finster. And so he, he made her a potion. She gave it to him, and it was instantaneously, uh, she became young. 
Yeah. And then he falls in love with her, and then that's how she gets him to marry her. What was your favorite episode to be a part of, both of you? I like the wedding. I was going to say the wedding, too. I love the wedding. And although it was a sad day, the very last day, the doomsday, when um, she turns good, <laughs> it was a very sad day because I knew I probably wouldn't be back for a while, but her and Laura said become actual people, crummy couple. Was it after the wedding that happened? I thought a while was. after the wedding, because we, st we still had a few seasons in between that. That was a time when um, I guess there was a mist that came about, and then it went all over the land, and everyone that was bad came good. I'm sorry, I, I, I made it wrong, because Stephen Talks was one of the people who who turned good, so it was, it was around that time. I was sad because it was my last day of work, too, and I would say, what if I re just refused to, to do it? He said, well, you'll be out of work either way. So, okay. well, it, was fun. it was fun filming it, because, you know, you didn't have to be in the costume. Well, it was my first time out of the costume, so... That. And then that, the really crazy one was, I was speaking to someone about it today, is when her and Zegar <coughs> and Rito were out in the middle of LA stomping on all the buildings and like, <laughs> you know, taking our staffs and just like zapping everybody. Just total destruction. <laughs> that was fun. Because, you, you know, you have this, these models and you get to just like destroy everything, really destroy everything. It's not all just put in the computer. Also, the turning the Green Ranger. And Tommy's Green Ranger. Oh, that was yeah. fun too. Yeah. Tommy. Oh, and uh, there were so many. I can't really think yeah. down one, but probably those two are the most that I have on a long list of. Oh, um, you were talking about Eva Talks. How was that like with that rivalry that you guys had? Because you told me at the table you didn't really get to interact with other actors that much. So, was it changed oh, yeah. being the actor with her and then with Melody Burns? That's true. Um, when I when I came back to film that, it was the first time I met any other um, villains. And when I was filming, I kind of felt really, I felt it. I was like, you guys are taking over as villainous, you know? <laughs> so um, I really did feel it because I was like, why can't they just tell me to read it? So it was bittersweet. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And they, they were both great actresses. They're really yes. cool. But, um, when something like that happens, you kind of feel it because you do, you know, you love the characters. So, but it was fun. What would you change about Rita if you had a chance? I would have probably uh, gone through with her plan to, but it didn't keep going. But if she had just, you know, stick with the plan to marry Zed and then eventually get rid of him so she could come back and just be the, the emperor of all time. And just rule. <laughs> I think if they would have kept going with it, then that's the only thing I would change. Otherwise, everything about her was just perfect. <laughs> I would have liked the cones to be in the <laughs> She needed more of a wardrobe. Yeah, just everyone's had that dress. Yeah, luckily, like during the six seasons, uh, halfway through, they gave me a new dress. Hallelujah. Exactly the same. Amazing. Did that company really? How did it feel coming yeah. out of the septic tank in the beginning of the. Oh, that was so fun. I don't know. They, they're so creative on that set. It's crazy. You just get so excited because they had like, these little tiny miniatures. So, um, Maybe they had like three, so one like a mini, mini one, and then a medium-sized one, and then big one, and then me. <laughs> so then 
they filmed them all, and then I guess the CGI was like actually shrinking them into those positions. And the very the smallest one, they had she was actually mechanical, so that was no CGI. Her hands were going like this. <laughs> Do you remember voicing that? Yes, yes. Like, Help me! Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they may. Have, I don't think they changed the voice that much. No, they may have tweaked, small. tweaked her up a little. But yeah, they had these little they, the models. So it wasn't, it wasn't CGI. They actually went. And they were very intricate, down to her little fingers. It's pretty neat. I'd love to have one of those little... But they didn't have like a big dumpster where they actually locked me in. <laughs> what did they do with those little model readers? Somebody has I wish them. I... You could have stole a couple for us. I could have one of those dresses because there was two, but... Yeah. But who thinks of those things <laughs> I know. Time? The new movie coming out and everything. How do you both feel about Elizabeth Banks playing Rita? She's a great actress. Um, <laughs> It's a little different because you know the whole. It just I don't I don't see it, but I'm sure she's going to be good. I think she's going to be very good, and I have a feeling she'll probably do her own this line. She will do. That. She will do my gut feeling. Yeah. So she will find a way. She won't do that double <laughs> Reason for her to do that. She will find her way to be wicked and funny as herself. She's good at that. So uh, there's no reason for her to try and mimic. You know. I'm excited about what kind of costume she's going to have. Yeah. That's and the storyline. I still don't know who's playing Goldar. Is, does anyone has anyone heard if if Lord Zed or Goldar or Zordon? Or, I think Zordon's supposed to be in it too. I don't. I don't think they're gonna um, stray too much away from the actual storyline from Mike Morgan. But she's gonna come out of the dumpster probably. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's gonna be more modern. Day. Yeah. Since Power Rangers more available on the Netflix, you all find you know younger generations coming to you all. Well, this is your first time. I mean, you have a lot of younger kids you know, coming to meet you and say, "Oh, I saw you on Power Rangers." You know, I was thinking. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, it's just a mixture. Today, I had as young as like he was five years old, and then I had another girl that was ten, and then a few teenagers. But you're right, Netflix and all these new types of media, it just brings it all back, and it's at the fingertips, so why not watch all of them? It's an exciting time to live because you can watch all of them. I mean, do you find that with you, Barbara? Absolutely. Here's the boys, I mean, they come and meet you. Yeah, they come and meet me. They, I have to be careful with the boys because the little ones, I, I made one cry like 20 years ago. I saw him again 20 years later, and he said, you made me cry at a Target. We were doing a, a, target. <laughs> <laughs> a charity, and I was doing her, and I did the scream, and the kid just, and I remembered that because I felt like, what an idiot, don't, don't you know? You have a kid of your own. <laughs> anyway, so um, he comes up to me 20-something years later, and I apologize. He said, no, that's great. And, I, and then I said, then I screamed at him, and he, started, and he pretended cry. <laughs> so we're friends now. I'm showing him to my daughter, and she's like, nine. She loves him. Yeah, she loves him. But she's not happy that you were the villain. Yeah, right? she was telling me, Mom, they could have made you nicer. I don't know. That's just Rita. Make her nicer. You gotta make her. <laughs> and my son was five when he came in. He's the perfect age for you know. Yeah. And he would say, "Why can't you be the pink ranger?" I don't know. Kids are not happy. 
And we would do the, the show and tell story. He said, don't do the voice. Whatever you do, don't do the voice. And and the kids would ask questions. And, and the one kid said, could your mom do the voice? <laughs> and he looked at me and So with the voice, did they go through a lot of recreations or tweaks before you got it finalized, or is it more the studio saying this is exactly what we want? Oh well, some of you know the story, but I was just cast and I was directed to do the Wicked Witch of the West voice. That's what they said to do. I'll get you, my pretty. You know. So I, I, I did. Well, no, I, I did that. Then they did a market research group. <laughs> And uh, the group said, that's not a scary voice. Everybody was used to that voice. So they fired me. <laughs> and I said, well, why did you just direct me to do a different voice, a scarier voice? They said, well, we're going to have uh, auditions. I said, so now I'm angry. And I said, well, let me audition, OK? And they said, OK, you can audition. So fired, allowed to audition. I came up with, I was pissed. <laughs> so I came up with this voice. It just sort of came out of me. And unbeknownst to me, I'd be doing it for five plus years. That's awesome. And 25 to three years. <laughs> so I was hired, fired, and hired. <laughs> so that's the story. And every time I come out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasn't that bad. Because I, I was very, um, you know, when you're that age, you're still kind of self-conscious about things. I go, why did I even have any worry at all? I think it was so beautiful. I, I always think But I always thought, you know, I had a complex. What is your favorite word? I don't know the exact names of them, but I like the tiger's word. Am I right? Tiger's word, that was my favorite. I love cats. That's why I like cats. I love cats. I love cats. You guys enjoy being here in Kentucky, and we we'll look forward to having you back. Yeah, I anytime. Back. It was so much fun. This is my third year. I'm coming back. One thing that shocked me is how much people there are. I didn't realize how how big it was. I was thinking we were going to be in a big room and people were like, you know, come out and ask for autographs. I didn't realize how huge it is. And then they told me that they're adding more to the actual. Convention, they're putting more square footage. So I don't know how you to top this, but you're gonna have to think of something. It's gonna be better or better. We'll have to go to the back and find out. Give it up one more time for You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. This is Trucky B47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour, and you're listening to the Four Eyed Radio Network. Ranger Command is now on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better.
Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks. This has been another great presentation by the 4 Radio Network. You can find more information at 4